welcome everyone to the podcast equivalent of Sex While People Watch You. Most aren't into it, but the ones who are are super freaks and can't go back to normality. What? What? Um. What? <laughs> you know, he's not wrong. Yeah, I'm not wrong. I'm uh, not. It's just porn. It's just <laughs> live porn. I mean, look, guys, it does I'm not defending these people that aren't me. <laughs> <laughs> Ask him for a friend. Um, as always, this is Story Lords uh, with two prompts, three stories, and infinite laughs. I'm Rich Masters, and with me, as always, is Jeff Pennington. Hello. And Josh <laughs> Henderson. <laughs> Hello. Wow. Hello, my baby. Hello, my honey. That's what we do here now. Hello. Uh, the prompts this week for our fiction-based podcast, which definitely we big all bucks, did. Big bucks, no whammies. Big bucks, no whammies. Big bucks, no whammies. <laughs> were princesses and disasters. <laughs> Cards and serpents. Those two oh, things God, that I go together it. like I did it. shit and biscuits. Uh, what? Like what? <laughs> like shit and biscuits. Is that cookies, or are you talking about, like, biscuits? Yeah, I'm talking, talking cookies, cookies, yeah. Shit and cookies. Yeah, we don't call them that, because that's confusing. What do you? Okay. What does shit mean over there? Uh, <laughs> yeah, what do- I don't know. Let's read a story and find out. Oh, oh man, I have to go king. now? Come on. <laughs> the Segway King does it again. <laughs> um, up first, we have Mr. Pennington. So we're going to take a trip to a spooky vision. Ooh. Uh, Put your diapers on, folks. Put your brown pants on. <laughs> ew. In fall? Ew, that's like... Ew. After um, Labor Day? Your mulch pants. I don't know if this is uh, scary or funny, but it is a story, so here goes. Man, we all of us today are like, I definitely wrote a story. Yep. Uh, well, I, I partially wrote a story and then remembered what the prompts were and then wrote this, so... <laughs> nice. Uh, the title of my story is The Prodigal Son. Like S-O-N or S-U-N? S-O-N. Mm-hmm. That makes more sense. It has been one month since the disappearances of three middle school children between Kirby and Whitesville, Connecticut. <gasps> Becca Washington, band geek weirdo and majorette virtuoso, Wild Willie Coltrane, the most dangerous <laughs> kid in the school but only to himself, Yes. And Archie Grace, All-American Honky and Captain of the Middle School Baseball Team. <laughs> that was in my yearbook quote, All-American Honky. Now, two out of three of these kids were white, so you would imagine there'd be some kind of nationwide manhunt for their whereabouts. <laughs> but you'd be mistaken. Yeah. The police have assured, had assured the people of Kirby that they were doing everything they could, but it only took someone with working eyes in their head to see them parked outside of the Wawa, sucking <laughs> down stale coffee and shoveling donuts into their gaping, gelatinous maws like their jobs depended on it. Fucking that is their job. Yeah. Which was laughable in and of itself because their jobs didn't even depend on not killing people, let alone donut <laughs> intake, but it still seemed that way. Damn. Wow. Are, this is going to be a day today. I can feel it. <laughs> day of as a matter of fact, As a matter of fact, they shut down the road out of Kirby that led the few miles down the road to Whitesville and put a general order out that no civilian was to enter into White, Whitesville city limits until the investigation was done. Whitesville no much- city limits. <laughs> Jesus Christ. A Tina Turner reference for you. Sorry. We we are on the pulse of the new new here, the zeitgeist of what the, all the kids are talking about. Tina no matter Turner. 
No matter how much the parents and teachers of Kirby begged and complained, they stood firm in their decision, saying only that it was for the safety of the populace that they weren't allowed to use their own road. But there's always another road. There's always another way. The tires of the beat-up old off-white RV squealed to a stop on 1st Street, Whitesville. Smoke rolled out from underneath the old piece-of-shit camper truck in that way where you can't figure out if that's just how the RV operated or if there was something straight-up on fire inside of it. It's oil, the gas, the gasket, the head gasket, that's uh, what it is. But for some reason, the owners and all the other adults around you don't seem to be worried about it, even though it absolutely smells like metal burning. This is describing every single RV I've ever been around in person, by the way. It's because they can't smell anything but burning toast from their asbestosis and their brain tumors. All they smell is the lead. Anyway. (laughs) It's like you knew there was a joke there. I know every four seconds you're going to interrupt. I know. Uh, The side side door to the RV swung open and slammed hard against the strange faux siding all those fucking things have on them and vibrated back a step. A hand quickly snatched the door up and held it in place as the man within the RV stepped out into the sunlight. He stepped down onto the concrete sidewalk and looked both ways with a burning rage in his deeply set dark eyes. He ran a hand through his wavy red hair and spit on the ground all in one motion. A real Prince Charming type of man. He was six foot two and broad-shouldered, wearing a blue jean jacket with fur at the collar hanging loose off of his frame. He paced a few uh, did steps. Did you get permission to write about me in this? <laughs> yeah. I got permission from your fucking mom last night. <laughs> Damn. Hey-oh. I heard you. You fucked her good. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, son. He paced a few steps in either direction, his old brown leather boots scuffing against the ground loudly as he did. This was Jason Grace failing accounting major from Southern Connecticut State <laughs> University. He was many things to many people. One credit away from flunking out, a complete maniac the instant he ever got mad, a freeloader writing the fine print of a wrestling scholarship he no longer deserved or qualified for, a joker, a smoker, a midnight toker. <laughs> but above all in that moment, he was old, he was an older brother to a missing little boy named Archie, and he was here to find him and or kill anyone that stood in his way. All right, this is my new favorite character. <laughs> but he wasn't alone. Get the fuck out of here! He screamed over his shoulder, reaching into his pants pocket and returning with a cigarette to place between his lips. <laughs> I definitely wasn't stealing anything, and you can't oh, prove no. it wasn't my photograph oh, of an old no. woman who I definitely know to begin with anyway. <laughs> the oh, short... The short, balding man who exited the RV at Jason's uh, Jason's scream uh, frantically spoke, almost tripping off the bottom step and face-planting, but managed to grab onto Jason's blue jean jacket to steady himself. Whoa, good catch. I almost fell straight into your ass cheeks, which doesn't work as an excuse as much as you'd imagine. Oh, God, God, it's even worse this season. He is even worse. (laughs) This was, of course, Pavlov Flinch, private eye. Yay. Jason shoved the small man <laughs> off of him and into the side of the RV, not even turning to face him as he kept surveying the area like a shark staring at Chum. Don't ever fucking touch me! He felt around <laughs> in his pockets for a lighter or match and came up empty, so he violently ripped the cigarette from his own mouth and threw it away with a snap of his wrist and a grunt. It's like a, it's like a $2 cigarette at this point. <laughs> alright, alright, it's strip club rolls, I got it. Flinch muttered. <laughs> 
<laughs> standing up as straight as he could, dusting his trench coat off with the palms of his hands. By the way, just for curiosity's sake, where does the doo-doo go when you flush it in an RV? <laughs> and follow-up question, if it overflows back up, it'll just go down later by itself, right? Oh. That's the theory of gravity, I think. <laughs> yep. Jason just whipped his head back around and glared daggers directly into Flinch's eye sockets in that inimitable way only a genuinely dangerous nut job can. It's public transit rules. I get it. Uh, just, <laughs> it's just a hypochondriacal question. Never mind. <laughs> hypochondriacal. <laughs> you hired the best. Don't worry about the rest. <laughs> He paused for a moment. Is that a good slogan? I've been thinking of getting my business cards reprinted here. <laughs> Flinch held out a small eggshell-colored business card to Jason, who eyeballed it angrily before snatching it out of his fingers. It read, Pavlov Flinch, private eye, bot up bot bot ba I'm loving it, TM. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is McDonald's, man. Jason looked back at Flinch incredulously. Um, no, that's a business card. Are you all right? Flinch said, tilting his head and narrowing his eyes. Look, Columb bitch. I hired you to help me find my little brother, not make me question my own sanity. Now straighten up and fly right or I'll twist your head off like a fucking beer cap. <laughs> Jason shook with rage as he spoke, towering over Flinch, but then quickly dropped it and looked around the neighborhood they were standing in. The fuck is up with all this? Every yard in the neighborhood was kept perfectly, with sprinklers going and pet dogs and cats running to and fro. Each yard had one or more people in it, each one doing something neighborly like mowing the grass audibly through my fucking <laughs> microphone right now and ruining everything I've worked for with this story probably. Mm-hmm. or barbecuing or just sitting on the front porch in a swing. It was like the perfect <laughs> picture of Americana. <laughs> didn't, your little bro- didn't you say your little brother, this place was abandoned when he called you the night before he disappeared? Was your brother like a little liar shitter face or was he like normal? Flinch followed <laughs> Jason's gaze as he spoke. I swear to God, Flinch, if you say one more brainless insult at me and pretend you didn't know it was offensive, I'm going to bash your skull up off your neck like a rock'em sock'em robot. (laughs) Jason said through gritted teeth, starting to walk down the street with his hands shoved in his pockets. Now let's actually do something. As they passed each house walking down the street, without fail, every family, no matter how big or small, no matter how pressing or important what they were doing happened to be, turned their heads in unison and stared at Jason and Flinch as they walked past them. It was as if someone had paused the idyllic scene of suburban mush and all the sounds and music of it were stock still, leaving only their footsteps below them as every set of eyes in the neighborhood bore into them silently. Oh no. The feeling of fear welled up in Flinch and took a hold of his heart. He tried to swallow hard to push it back down, but he found his mouth too dry to even do that. He turned to try to talk to Jason into turning around and maybe going to a nice Bob Evans for a little catfish dinner. (laughs) Maybe even splitting a chocolate lava cake. Before he he conveniently mentions he forgot his wallet at home. (laughs) But Jason wasn't standing there anymore. No, he was jogging with his hand up in the air towards a middle-aged white man with a crew cut and a very short, thin black man wearing oversized glasses and an unkempt fade haircut who were standing on either side of a car. 
who both immediately began to frantically try to pretend they were doing something else and hadn't been staring at him upon Jason mm-hmm. heading towards them. Mm-hmm. Hey! Hey, you two! Yeah, you! What the fuck are you looking at? <laughs> both <laughs> men... normal redhead behavior. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> both men began to panic and yank the doors to the car open from either side, leaping inside and revving it to life within seconds before backing out into the street. Jason reached the car just as they were turning to take off down the street and began bashing his fists into the trunk. I'm talking to you, you fucking lucky low bastards! Get out here and fucking tell me where my brother is! Don't let me come in there! (laughs) The car peeled out down the street and disappeared around the corner out of town that Jason had flinched and just driven in on. Jason cursed loud and long before finally stopping and breathing in and out and heavily. One, two, three... Four serenity knocks upon your door. Oh, I thought you. I thought you were gonna say serenity now. Yeah. I had to make my own. I had to make my own. Wow, you're really some kind of nut, huh? Flinch asked, walking over with his hands buried in his trench coat pockets. Jason glared at him for a full five seconds before rubbing the bridge of his nose and muttering to himself: Five, six, seven, eight. Murder is illegal in all 50 states. <laughs> Whoops, shouldn't have said that out loud, huh? <laughs> Flinch chuckled, turning and walking away at a brick, brisk pace. <laughs> Not so fast. Jason grabbed the back of his collar and yanked him back into place next to him. He pointed around the neighborhood. Everyone had gone back to what they were doing before. No one was staring at them anymore. They can't do their weirdo intimidation tactics now that they know it doesn't work. Now we can actually question somebody. Mm -hmm. Question a perp. What do you think we are? Some kind of detectives? (laughs) (laughs) Flinch laughed a little breathy CPAP machine deficient laugh to himself. (laughs) Holy shit. Yes. You are, in fact, a detective. It says so in your fucking Ronald McDonald business card. (laughs) And the advertisement on the pizza box I called you from. <laughs> Are you not actually a private investigator? Jason said through gritted teeth, clenching his fists at his side. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Slept my mind for a second. <laughs> <laughs> Flinch managed a half-hearted smile at Jason, who continued to glare through him. So, uh, who do you wanna, uh, which perp do you wanna, um... <laughs> there! That'll do. Jason pointed across the road to an old man sitting on his porch reading a newspaper in his slippers and robe. Since it was about 4.30pm, that struck him as a little odd, so he figured he'd follow up on it. He immediately began long strides across the street and up the old man's driveway. Oh, fuck! The old man whispered under his breath. Doing his best to seem as nonchalant as possible as he folded up his newspaper and stood up to go inside but his movement only provoked Jason to begin sprinting up the driveway and to take a flying leap onto the porch. Shit, don't hurt me! I'm an AARP member! The old man screamed. (laughs) Jason snatched up the sides of the old man's robe and lifted him up into the air, holding him so that they were eye to bloodshot, murderous eye. Where the fuck is my brother?! Oh, God, I don't even know who you are, the old man whimpered out, possibly pissing and shitting at that exact moment, but definitely not jizzing, because his dick don't work no more. (laughs) What? It It happens to a lot of older guys. It's just the way the world works sometimes. (laughs) Not everything has to be a joke. 
<laughs> he's called his ass out on the show. He's going Wink. through the menopause. <laughs> <laughs> my name's Jason Grace, and my brother disappeared here a few weeks ago. You're going to tell me what the fuck is going on and where my brother is, or I'm going to wrap your dentures around your own dick and pull it like saltwater taffy machines. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ. What? Both, both the old man and Flinch, who had just caught up, said at the same time, completely baffled. Just uh, just tell me where my brother is, Jason mumbled, kind of embarrassed now. <laughs> the old man looked up and down the street in both directions and saw no one was looking at them. He motioned his head towards the front door and whispered as quiet and low as he could. I can't talk out here. Please come inside. We can discuss everything I know there. Jason and Flinched exchanged glances, and finally Jason set the withered old man down and allowed him to open the door for them. Flinch went in first, having no sense of danger until it was too late, and even less of a sense of decorum. <laughs> Jason went in next, cracking his knuckles as he passed the old man and grinning to show all of his teeth. The old man gulped hard and followed suit, locking the door behind him as he did. You don't understand... Speaking to you could get me killed, the old man whispered hoarsely, going from window to window and drawing the shades closed sharply, the loud metallic sound of curtain rings screeching against the bar each time. <laughs> if you don't speak to us, I'm for sure going to kill you, Jason said matter-of-factly, <laughs> wow. without much intonation. <laughs> Jesus, Flinch muttered, pretending to look at his phone to avoid all of this. <laughs> Bad cop, stupid cop. <laughs> okay, okay. The old man sat down in the recliner, but he didn't seem super familiar with it. He didn't seem very comfortable, and folded his hands in his lap pensively. My name's Boris Latchley. Up until a few weeks ago, I was homeless. I lived in New Haven and hadn't had a place to stay outside of a soup kitchen or an alleyway in years. What? What? Jason stuttered, actually taken aback by information he'd never in a million years could have, for could have foretold would come out of this old man's mouth. Not to toot my own writing horn or anything, but it's pretty wild, right? You didn't see that shit coming either. I, that was crazy. <laughs> An organization came and did a sweep of the streets there. We were under the impression that there was some kind of police squad cracking down on bums, but they offered us a place to live. An abandoned town. This abandoned town. The old man rubbed at the side of his head a bit. Jason glared at Flinch, who shrugged over dramatically. Fine, fine. It was abandoned. Your brother isn't a little liar shit. Are you happy? <laughs> Flinch paused a moment, then under his breath whispered, He still could be, though. I never met him. <laughs> I don't know what happened here, but it was completely empty. Every house had food, running water, working sewer, everything. But not one person living here. Boris paused and rubbed his wizened fingers against his dimpled old chin. I'm I'm not really sure where everyone came from. There were only 15 of us on, from New Haven on the bus. But when we got here, there were hundreds of people. The men in jumpsuits told us to move in and pretend like we'd always lived here. Men in jumpsuits? Jason questioned, looking at Flinch. By this point, Flinch wasn't paying much attention. He was scratching at the top of his head with one hand and turning his phone over between his fingers and the other. Why does all this sound so familiar? <laughs> <laughs> Boris and Jason both stared at Flinch as he thought as hard as he could, steam basically shooting out of his ears like a cartoon character whose hamster wheel broke down inside their head. <laughs> 
the two less degenerate men, though that's debatable. We don't know Boris very well, and Jason's a literal psychopath, apparently. <laughs> hey, that's redheaded racism. Well, <laughs> prove him wrong. You know what? <laughs> I fucked up. You're right. The men, the men eventually turned back to each other. What men in jumpsuits? Jason asked. They they called themselves Gestalt, I guess. That's all I know about them. I was more than happy to lie for them forever. I didn't care as long as I got to have a home. But Boris looked pensively at the photograph of a little girl in a ballet uniform standing on stage in center light on the wall next to his chair. I can't shake the feeling of everything about this being wrong, you know? What happened to the people who used to live here? What, what, did, what did they do to them? It's like on the tip of my brain's tongue, Flinch muttered to himself, <laughs> rubbing his eyes with his head down, trying his damnedest to think a thought. <laughs> Jason glanced at Flinch and then back to Vol- Boris. Look, I... He quickly double-took back at Flinch and squinted his eyes at him for a moment before slowly floating his glance back over to Boris. Uh, look... All, that's all well and spooky, and I'm sure Netflix is breaking down your door for the documentary <laughs> rights. But I don't give a shit about anything but finding my brother. Do you know anything about him or not? Um, no, I don't. Aren't you the least bit interested in, like, the Black Ops cover-up of the disappearance of an entire town and their replacement body snatcher style with an entirely new town full of people? Boris asked. <laughs> Fuck no, Jason said plainly, (laughs) dusting his jacket off and motioning for Flinch. Let's just bounce. This old dried up fuck doesn't know shit. (laughs) Um, Flinch looked at Boris and then back to Jason. Are you, like, completely sure we shouldn't follow up on this? I got nothing against it, like, personally, but people usually, like, fight me on just ditching this kind of thing. (laughs) Especially from an old guy telling portents of doom. I never doomsayed, Boris said with an eyebrow raise. When did I portent? You were portenting the entire time, Flinch snapped back. Both of you shut the fuck up, Jason interrupted before it went any further, causing both Flinch and Boris to jump, startled. You, Jason pointed at Flinch. Let's go! Jason Grace and Pavlov Flinch spent the next several hours going door to door and asking about the whereabouts of Archie Grace with the same measured, controlled questioning you'd come to expect from a serial killer waiting to happen and several sewer creatures wearing a trench coat. (laughs) Which one's which? (laughs) But none of their trademark charms seemed to garner them any further information. They were successful in getting several people to swear lawsuits against them in the near future, but didn't get a single step closer to Archie. Maybe you should have brought a picture, Flinch said flatly, walking down the sidewalk a few steps behind the fumingly enraged Jason for his own protection. Or maybe, like, described him a little before you started doing shoryukens and flash kicks on these people's pets. (laughs) I described him just fucking fine, Jason snapped back. I mean, he is a little boy, and he does like baseball, I guess. Flinch rolled his eyes. <laughs> what? Jason stopped dead in his tracks, his shoulders raised and his finch fists clenched. Did you just roll your eyes at me? 
Damn, you weren't even looking at me. Is this some kind of party trick? Flint said excitedly. I tried to fushigi once, but I kept dropping the ball, so... Nobody rolls their eyes at me, Flinch! Jason spun around and grabbed Flinch up by the collar of his trench coat once more, lifting him off the ground like he weighed the equivalent of a small, nasty street dog. He also smelled the equivalent. But in just that moment, something caught Jason's attention out of the corner of his eye. He turned and jogged across the street, leaving Flinch looking even more ruffled than usual from the manhandling, and even more confused looking than usual, which was pretty impressive in itself. Yeah. Jason bent down into the well-kempt grass in front of a quiet house and slowly reached his hand down into it, tentatively, almost as if scared to do so. When his hand returned, it was holding a full-size wooden Louisville slugger bat. He turned it over pensively in his hands until he finally laid eyes upon what he was looking for. On one side of the bat, near the wider blunt end, were two knife-carved letters. A.G. Austin Grace. This was Jason's little brother's bat. There was no mistaking it. He'd carved these letters into it himself to customize the bat at his brother's request. He taught him exactly how to swing to the fences with it. He had seen those letters a million times before. He stared with soft, wet eyes at the inscription, then looked around to see if he could see anyone who could be responsible for it being here. But he saw no one. He felt the fire well within him again, the unquenchable rage he'd been feeling since the moment he'd heard of his brother's disappearance. He steeled his resolve in that first moment to do whatever it takes to bring him back, and this was a reforging of his mission. He withdrew a pocket knife from inside his jacket and flicked it open, carefully carving into the hardwood of the bat right next to his brother's initials one letter of his own, a J. He was with his brother in spirit now, and soon he would be with him in person. Jag? Flinch interrupted his memory from over his shoulder, squinting at the lettering on the bat. Like, jag off? Uh, I'll fucking kill you! Jason began to scream, but was cut off by a much louder, blood-curdling scream echoing from up the street towards them, bouncing (laughs) off the quiet suburban houses that surrounded them. Both men, or I guess one man and Flinch, turned their eyes in the direction (laughs) it came from, pretty immediately spotting its origin, a house they had both visited just hours earlier, the home of Boris Latchley. Jason grabbed Flinch by the collar once more and took off at a run. The young man's athleticism pretty much left Flinch to be dragged, kicking and stumbling the entire way down the now-emptied-out street to the now-quiet and still house. He didn't even pause a moment, releasing Flinch on the porch and taking a flying leap into the front door with his shoulder, causing the frame to splinter off the wood and the door to capsize into the living room beyond it. Sitting in the chair that Boris had once occupied when he told them of his plight was a tall, thin man wearing a snakeskin jacket and sunglasses, sporting a wavy pompadour with a streak of green painted through it. A white dress shirt, black tie, and black pants completed the ensemble, besides a pair of snakeskin boots that perfectly matched his jacket. He didn't even jump at the front door being thrown from its hinges at him. He just sat with one leg crossed over the other in a high T position and turned his head passively to view the interruption. Well, now you're going to have to pay to get that door fixed, strangers, the man said with a slight grin, revealing a single gold tooth in his mouth. 
After all, it ain't right to break into a man's home unannounced just at supper time. <laughs> Who the fuck are you? Jason screamed at the man, brandishing his brother's baseball bat in the air menacingly. This isn't your goddamn house. It belonged to some old gross geezer named Boris. We were just here earlier. Now where the fuck is he? I'm afraid you must be mistaken, son. The man in snakeskin boots stood up from his seat and rubbed at the back of his neck, his eyes glaring with an intense, viol violent hatred over the top of his sunglasses, even as he maintained an amicable smile below them. I've lived here for 20-some-odd years now. What? Never met, Never met a man named Boris in my life, except that British politics guy on the TV. <laughs> looks, looks like an off-brand wish Donald Trump. You may have seen him before. <laughs> I've seen him before, Flinch raised his hand and said from well behind Jason, <laughs> mostly still standing on the front porch. <laughs> we heard the old man scream. Now tell me where he is or I'm going to bust your skull open like a fruit in a goddamn Gallagher show. And I don't give a damn if I'm in the splash zone. Finger on the pulse. <laughs> Jason, Jason growled, shaking the baseball bat in the air. Oh. Well, that's mighty unfortunate for the both of you, the man said with a genuine bit of sadness in his voice. I figure you could probably tell by my skin duds, but my name is Snake. <laughs> I couldn't give a fuck of an asshole shit what your name is, Jason yelled back immediately. Well, it's only polite where I come from to introduce oneself to a fella before you kill him. <laughs> Snake threw his head back in the air the second the last syllable escaped his lips, his sunglasses flying off his head and his body beginning to convulse wildly. Each jagged, sharp warp of his body came accompanied by the unmistakable sound of bones exploding and shattering inside of him. Yes! Both Jason and Flinch took a step back immediately, but the man's body took a staggering step towards them just as his flesh began to distend outwards, his entire body widening out into a disgusting, fleshy tube of bone and meat, his eyes long since turning hollow and empty as he twisted and turned upon himself. There was something moving through him now. It started at the legs, which had somehow fused together during all the uproar, and, the distend and it distended the body outward as it traveled, looking very much like a paste being squeezed from inside of a tube. Mm. Up it went, through the midsection, bursting the shoulders out, distending the head so wide it seemed that nothing could hold it together, until what was once a man opened its wide, oval, hollowed mouth, and from within the deep, near darkness within it, a massive... 40-foot-long rattlesnake exploded from inside the hollowed-out human being suit. It's goddamn Beetlejuice. <laughs> Sending blood, bone, and viscera cascading in every direction as it finally escaped its flesh prison. It spilled on and on and on and on out of the open, fleshy, drooping maw like a train flying out of a tunnel into open light until the flesh carcass that was left simply sloughed onto the floor, lifeless. Hmm. The massive serpent rammed its entire form directly into Jason, sending both of them spiraling backwards and into the wall of the living room. In the slightest stroke of luck, Jason's body hit a window instead of the actual wall and wasn't immediately <laughs> flattened or destroyed from the weight of the beast. Instead, he was flung free from the house and landed in the front lawn almost all the way back to the sidewalk, <laughs> his skin pockmarked with gashes and pieces of glass still embedded within. 
Jason rolled in the grass in agony and felt around beside him as best he could with bloody fingers for his brother's baseball bat, almost frantic for its return. It took a second, but he felt the familiar, cool, embossed wood of it and drew it close to his chest, holding onto the bat for dear life even as he heard the massive, slithering thing behind the wall inside moving once more. Flinch, for his part, had started running the instant the man had begun to convulse. <laughs> because fuck that noise. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. However, thanks to his lack of cardio and general physical condition, he had barely made it to the sidewalk by the time Jason was flung out onto the grass. <laughs> he spun around, horror upon his features, and went to let out a loud scream. But a hand on his shoulder stopped him. He jumped in fear, but didn't feel the need to scream any longer. He looked down at the black-gloved hand on his shoulder and barely registered the dark figure that passed him by, walking steadily up the driveway towards the house. Flinch, the figure said, a familiar voice recognizing his presence, but it still hadn't quite clicked for Flinch himself. The figure walked past Jason, his long black overcoat flowing around his legs as he went. The man wasn't tall, but his presence seemed to go far beyond his stature. Wild, long black hair fluttered in the wind around his youthful features. Dark eyes staring down at Jason as he passed him by. Pardon me. I'll handle this. Hey. The man walked through the front, the broken front door, disappearing into the darkness within, and all was quiet for a moment. Jason struggled to his knees his and held his hand out towards Flinch, groaning out in pain but managing to yell out, Flinch! Pavlov Flinch wasn't a brave man but he faced danger from several different directions here. His brain was doing coward calculations at a million miles a second. (laughs) Was he more afraid of the man in black, the giant snake monster, or Jason Grace? He finally landed on the fact that Jason had his business card, which had his mom's address on it. (laughs) Flinch didn't have anywhere else to live for free right now where no one would judge his complete mint-in-box ALF collection. (laughs) He took off as fast as he could run towards Jason, leaning down and tucking himself under the younger man's arm to heave him back up to his feet, which he failed at about four or five times before steadying himself and up to limp walk. (laughs) The two of them hurried down the street back towards the parked RV on the corner as best they could, but they hadn't even made it halfway when the entire front of Boris Latchley's house exploded outwards into the yard in a hail of wood, concrete, and glass splintering all over the street beyond it, even, thanks to the power behind the explosion. From within the flying wreckage, Jason and Flinch could make out two tumbling forms, interlocked in the air, flailing out into the street, but it was all too fast to make out. But when the two forms landed, rolling into the middle of the quiet suburban street of Whitesville, Connecticut, it was all too clear what they were looking at. The gigantic rattlesnake was there, bearing its massive, dripping fangs at its assailant, but its body was covered in deep, bloody gashes from which tons of glowing green liquid poured out into the concrete like small waterfalls. But it was joined now by a creature just as hideous, just as malformed and inhuman, an insectoid being with a hardened carapace and two gigantic red bulbous eyes astride a crushing maw of bone as sinew. Cricket limbs! <laughs> From the horror's arms were sprouted two long, curved blades which shone with the flowing green blood of the snake. Yes! These horrific creatures were fighting each other? 
Jason and Flinch had made it back to the RV at this point, and Jason heaved himself up and through the side door as well as he could manage, feeling himself becoming lightheaded from what could have either been a concussion or blood loss in the moment. But he couldn't be bothered to give a shit when a miniature kaiju battle was happening at the I was, the <laughs> I was gonna say that! Holy fuck, dude! Let's get the fuck out of here! Flinch screamed, sh- shaking Jason by his shoulders as the younger man settled into the driver's seat. Ah, oh, fuck! Stop touching me! Jason screamed out. <laughs> then darted his eyes back and forth from the unfolding fighting between the two monsters. The snake was now snapping its massive bladed mouth at the smaller insect man, who was leaping to and fro, dodging it like he was standing still, and his own bloodied reflection in the rearview mirror staring back at him. Back and forth, back and forth, back and... At once seeing the blood pour over one of his own eyes, he gave in. Ah, oh, fuck! Fine! The RV roared to life, reversing out onto the street and turning and barreling in the other direction. Jason gripped the steering wheel with white knuckles as he stared at the freak show unfolding in the distance behind him, which got smaller and smaller until gone in his rear view. There was an incredibly long time where the two of them didn't speak at all, just sat and stewed in the experience they'd both just gone through. Huh. I think I know that guy. (laughs) In this town... Pretty sure I was here once before for something, like, important, maybe? Oh, my God. It was, like, a cult, I think, and a truck. Weird (laughs) how memory works, huh? Flinch said matter-of-factly, rubbing at his chin and lifting his head. (laughs) What? Jason said, looking back over his shoulder at Flinch. You fucking knew the guy who turned into a goddamn cricket man and fist fought <laughs> fucking Mega Boa versus Ultra Python back there? <laughs> who the fuck is he? Who the fuck are you? I'm. Flinch looked down for a moment, then continued. I'm actually kind of late for a court date. Would you mind to drop me off in Bethesda, Maryland, real quick? <laughs> the end. <laughs> I'm so glad Rio's back. Uh, yeah. I really am interested in why uh, Flinch can rem- sort of remember stuff. Um, that was your best story of the season. Yeah, Easy. that was great. It was so Thank good. Thank you. Thank that you. Was great. I was really worried about it. No, so it was great. It, ended. <laughs> it was great. It had a real sort of like, I don't know if this if this makes sense, a real sort of Wild West vibe at the end. Really? When like Rio turns up a sort of like, you can imagine him kicking in the saloon doors yeah. and stuff like that. Oh yeah, I can um, see that. I can see that. I love that. I got that like a three o'clock high vibe from, yeah, yeah, from yeah. Jason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From Jason. The bully from three o'clock high. Yeah, I never I thought about really. that. <laughs> I have, I have this idea. I, I guess I'll tell you about it when we're not recording because I feel like it'll become really obvious what I'm doing if mm-hmm. I try, if I spell any of it out. Don't tell us. Um, it's not about the story or anything. It's just about the characters mm-hmm. and like a vibe I'm going for. Uh, and j- it's really just about uh, Jason. But like I had Jason in mind when I created the little brother character. It's why he has yeah. like no personality. I was like, yeah. well, I don't have to write anything for him. He's going to die. Yeah. Uh, wow. <laughs> he's, so a, he's, he's a dead? tool. You saw him die yeah, in the previous did. story. <laughs> Look, yeah. I saw a lot of things, and like Pavlov Flinch, I don't remember most. That makes sense. I mean, I mean to like, be fair, we saw a cricket man die last season. 
Exactly. And now he's yeah, back. You saw a cricket. You saw a cricket man be reborn this season, that's and true. then you also that's saw true. him kill Jason Grace's little that, brother. That's so. true. That is Jeff true. It's just a doorway, guys. So what is happening? <laughs> Perhaps there was a bit in that story that uh, everyone has overlooked so far. The card. Uh, <laughs> n- no, not this story. The story. <laughs> the with, story uh, where the, the three where kids. Yeah. Which I think is called. Um, Kids Quest. It was like three episodes ago, right? Because <laughs> I gave it like a really like innocent name because yeah. I was gonna murder three children in it. <laughs> nice. <laughs> this dude hates when kids come up to him in the zoo. They do. How dare I, they? I mean, I'm like, I'm I'm the one with the murderer tag, but sure. Right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't killed any children yet, to no, my knowledge. No. Look, I don't care if a kid dies, but if a character that I've grown to love dies. <laughs> Yeah. It's different. Fair enough. Fair enough. It's different. Fair enough. No, but they, uh, I haven't seen anyone so far talk about uh, a little clue I dropped in that story. Uh, mm. Maybe I didn't do it well. We'll see. I'm trying to remember. <laughs> now I, but, now uh, I have to re-listen. I, yeah. I really, really love writing Jason Grace. It's very therapeutic because he's yeah. just angry all the time. <laughs> yeah. It was like he's angry. biography. He's angry, so you don't have to be. Exactly. I get to chill out. He get, he gets to funnel all my anger out. <laughs> Wait till Jeff starts wearing like a red wig and <laughs> carrying around a baseball. Slugger. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> One of these like, days, <laughs> you guys are gonna see me on the news. Is all I'm saying. Hey, I know that guy. We do the uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> you do the Pavlov flinch. Oh, I think I know that guy. <laughs> about a, yeah. That was. I guess uh, the real question is: Is there a reason Pavlov Flinch doesn't remember these things? Yeah, they got. Or is he just mm, Pavlov? They got Men in Black. <laughs> yeah. They got Men in We will. Oh, <laughs> Where is that crossover? Uh, I mean, also maybe... when I was, this is dumb, but like when I was writing the character of Snake, I was like, this guy looks so silly. I love him. Yeah. <laughs> All, all monster monsters in human form should look silly because they don't understand how to. It's the human that's the disguise, right? Yeah, well, yeah. I guess that says a lot about Nick Cage because he is dressed just like him in a movie. Snake eyes. Uh, no, it's uh, like a big chunk of the movie is him wanting his snakeskin jacket back. It's Snake Eyes. Uh, maybe I don't think so. I think so. I think it's I'll snake look it up eyes. during the break and we'll find out. <laughs> Pretty sure it's Snake Eyes. <laughs> uh, all right, that was great, Jeff. Genuinely thank you, great. Thank you, thank you. Um, right, so we're going to take a break and we'll be right back with part two. to part two uh it's my turn now um i uh have prove re- it 
written this story as a, as a disclaimer. I've written this story in a very, very strange week for me. Uh, so I don't know if it's good. I know I say that every yeah. week to both both of you, uh, but this one is especially weird. You so had I to don't... bail your dad out of prison for <laughs> undisclosed reasons. <laughs> <laughs> The best thing People about Rich is that he's like, oh, I, I think I wrote a bad story. It's not funny. None of the characters are interesting. Yeah. And then he fucking whips out like a fucking Discworld level amazing yeah. piece of fiction. Yeah. It's yeah. the shortest story I've done since like episode four. So what, like 25 pages? Yeah. It's like, <laughs> I think it's only yeah. eight pages. Um, wow, that is short for you. Perfect amount of pages. Um, but yeah, I've I had love a, it. I love had an, an eight page. Odd week. Uh, so, uh, so we'll see, we'll see. This episode is called Pit of Snakes, coincidentally what your mother calls that thing between her legs. Damn, <laughs> your mother needs therapy. God, you, your, your mother needs a gynecologist, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Rath walked into the med bay on the gloom breaker to find a still unconscious Asher hooked up to the monitors, more wires around her than David Carradine on date night. <laughs> wow! Wowie! Man, I'm doing what he loves. <laughs> take that, David Carradine's ghost. Um, <laughs> one of those tubes was transmitting blood to Asher from an arm that hung over the chair next to the bed. As Raph rounded the bed, she saw her younger self sleeping in the chair. Raph glanced down at her own arm to see the various bruising from her own transfusion to her baby sister from a few days ago. Funnily, she remembered this night well. Sleeping in that chair in her youth, arguing with her version of Raph about what was to come. And when this Raph had finished arguing with her own younger self and left, she would have those memories from two positions, from two perspectives, like looking at the past through a kaleidoscope. <laughs> it was enough to give her a headache. She found it hard to love Kellen, knowing that she viewed her with the lens we all view our child selves, abject horror at their music tastes, embarrassing disgust at their relationship choices, and cold sweats at every decision in their life so far. Hey, LaBouche is coming back, all right? <laughs> Look, if, if loving LaBouche is wrong, I don't want to be right. <laughs> exactly. She remembered her selfishness, her irrational nature, her temporary love of jorts, her lack of, <laughs> her lack of logic... Plus, who really loves themselves apart from narcissists, politicians, and Hollywood A-listers anyway? True. Mm. And, and us. <laughs> oh, I don't love me. No, no, no. no. I'm, I'm only joking. I, yeah, yeah. I love you guys, but you're not me, so That's true. you're lucky. That's true. <laughs> if I loved myself, I wouldn't have enough room for you two. Exactly. What does that if I mean? Love, if I love myself, <laughs> I, I might have, start getting my act together. I Any psychiatrists have... listening to this podcast? What the fuck does that mean? What he just said? <laughs> I only have I only have enough love in my heart for a few people, and that's is how that, it should be. Is that emotional stuntedness or Britishness? You you decide, psychiatrist listening. <laughs> Put those hands together. <laughs> is. Is she going to wake up soon? Kellen asked, no sound of sleep in her voice. I knew you were faking, Raph mumbled as she sat on Asher's bed and stroked her hand. I honestly don't know. Every version of the future is slightly different, and this timeline even uniquely has a Saturday Night Live cast that is actually funny. <laughs> you can tell this is fiction. <laughs> yeah. This, yeah. 
I can't even remember most of what my RAF told me when I was young. It's like a game of broken telephone that repeats itself ad infinitum. Did did you stab your Kellen when you were younger too? Raph smirked. Yeah, little shit never shut up about it either. <laughs> <laughs> Kellen grimaced. Wait, wait, I'm, I'm confused, Raph. Is this Asher your sister or mine? Yes, Raph said matter-of-factly. <laughs> Look... In reality, she's your version that spent years in that rift and has now come back. But when you're my age, and you've lost as much as I have, you'll love all Ashes just as much as the younger you does. So, wait, what about your Asher? Kellen narrowed her eyes. She's... At Kellen's shocked face, Raph held her hands up. No, 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 no. She's not dead. She's just unavailable to you right now. She sighed. Look... When I had this conversation 20 mumble mumble years ago with my wrath, <laughs> it, Good writing. it turned into an argument I regretted. I felt angry that my future was written and I was bitter and I hated her. And she was furious I was foc- focusing on that and not putting the future right. I don't want that relationship with you. It turns out that no matter how much I detour from that path, I always wi- I wind up back here. Kellen smiled. Well... You look pretty good for 40 mumble mumble. Maybe <laughs> you, maybe you could share your skincare techniques with me. <laughs> Raph laughed. The sound was almost alien to her. How long had it actually been? Don't. Whatever you do, stop being a smart ass and making people laugh. It will keep you going through the worst of this. Kellen removed the drain from her arm and bandaged the puncture, then looked up at Raph, offering a hand to her. So, partner, what's next? Raph smiled. Well, I think I should probably introduce you to the team. (laughs) So wait, she's you and you're her, Hallgrim squinted, noticing the similarities in the two women. I feel like somewhere a picture of Marty McFly is fading out of existence. (laughs) (laughs) Oryx pushed his small spectacles further up his snout. We were always taught the rifts were doorways to divine and demon worlds. Hume put his metal hands on his hips. Even I, a devout God's fearing humanoid, deem that <laughs> deem that to be statistically untrue. Raph looked them over, the motley crew of weirdos that would someday become Kellen's family. She felt genuinely jealous that Kellen was starting this journey with them. The rifts are doorways through time and space. Only a few of us of us can open and close them. Oryx growled. The pillars. He had put his hate for the pillars aside to work with Raph, but it remained there, bubbling under the surface like your average churchgoer's racism or Jimmy Kimmel's justifiable self-loathing. Damn, no wonder he's an alcoholic, you know? You gotta feed the demon. (laughs) Raph put a calming hand out. Look, I know you want to talk about this, Oryx, and we will. But for now, all we need is information on who these people are that are threatening the Amrays. The further we get from my inception point on this timeline, the less useful the knowledge imparted on me becomes. I hear... Oh, sorry. I hear the best source of information is often the Planetary Information Network. I, however, do not use it as I am naturally suspicious of all machines, Humey declared proudly. (laughs) Man... (laughs) Kellen, another person who hates themselves, obviously. 
Kellen stifled a giggle before Holgrim interrupted. Um, we can't use the network anyway, Hume, you daft bucket of bowl, uh, bones. The moment we... <laughs> the moment we tap in, anyone wanting to kidnap Kellen is going to be on us faster than a white girl puts a flag filter on her social media profile picture after a war breaks out. <laughs> Wow, that's so fast. Highly specific. <laughs> we need a reliable source of information right now, not thoughts and prayers or anything like that. <laughs> I am confident there is an ex- individual from whom we can collate the information we require. Oryx huffed, two gusts of air exiting his nostrils that blew away the hairs that Humey f- had been gathering the last few days and glued to his chrome head. <laughs> That hits too close. It's a little too relatable, I think. You're not going to get a laugh from Jeff. The robot whimpered at the loss and ran after them. In all probability, it will be reliable, even if the source is not entirely trustworthy. Holgrim shook his head. Fucking hell, mate. Do you mean who I think you mean? You're having a laugh. They're not going to be best pleased to see us two. Sounds about as much of a sure thing as we can get, Raph nodded. You three go. Kellen and I have some work of our own to do. Big neon green letters shone in Humey's vision and he registered, I mean read, the words, <laughs> the, the snake lounge. <gasps> Next to the sign on the giant stone building, in similar lights that nearly overwhelmed his optical I, uh, mean eyes, fluorescent tubes in the shape of a woman pulled a snake to her lips in two frames of animation. <laughs> I know exactly what this place is, but could you explain to friend Holgrim what this is, Hughie said. <laughs> Timeless. He addressed incognito, and in that in his sense, which in his sense meant a bright purple suit more at home on a 1970s Brooklyn pimp. <laughs> it's a strip club, mate. Holgrim rubbed his hands together, his cybernetic eyes flashing in excitement. Oryx, you should have told me we were coming here. I could have put on my telescopic attachments, ribbed for their pleasure, you know. <laughs> jeez, jeez. You're not allowed to rib for their pleasure, the ladies, sir. Uh, the strip club rules. Even Pavlov Flinch knows this, Hogger. Found out the hard way, but come on. Humey cupped a hand to his mouth, though he spoke in the same loud monotone to Oryx. That joke was about his penis. <laughs> <laughs> Oryx ignored the robot and marched towards the door and the two burly security guards who boarded the entryway to the establishment. We're here to see Boopy de Beppy. <laughs> He's back. <laughs> That's going to be in my head for another week. Boopy de Beppy. Boopy de Beppy. Fuck off, Splicer, one of them, the stupider one, said. Oh, Dwayne, for fuck's sake, the other hit him in the arm. You could have said, in a while, crocodile. It's like we paid for those improv classes for nothing. (laughs) Dwayne, no mixed day and night jobs, Dwayne whispered. (laughs) You seem to be okay with mixing things up when you asked me to improv being a doctor last night, Lewis sulked. (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) hi Humey stepped stepped forward, his hands outstretched. Fellow gentle humans, I have had more than my fair share of lovers' trysts in my 36 recharge cycles. (laughs) (laughs) 
the key to effective communication is binary information share using quantum uplink methodology. I have a cable in my pocket. If you would like to both plug in and settle this, which port should I stick this? The last thing Humi saw was Lewis pulling a stun pistol on them and then he went into a deep offline state. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> Yumi did nothing wrong. <laughs> He's just trying to help. A yeah. bucket of what Hallgrim sincerely hoped was water splashed over he and Oryx to wake them, while Humi was activated with a switch on his back. All three of them were cuffed, and as Hallgrim blinked the water from his eyes, he gradually registered the velour furnishings of a man with no taste and knew he was in Boopy Debepi's office. <laughs> the part shark, Italian gangster, known to the press as the Spaghetti Strangler, had been, <laughs> had been instrumental in inadvertently getting he and Oryx out of prison whilst trying to frame them for murder as the little bastard escaped in the chaos. Well, 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 I didn't expect to see you fuck-ups any time soon, especially not today. I mean, I intended to eventually come and kill you, but I didn't anticipate you two turning up on my doorstep on this very day. Beppy smirked, cigar in mouth. It's all very neat and tidy, like it's my birthday or something. <laughs> that analogy seemed oddly specific. Is it your birthday, Mr. De Beppe? <laughs> Oryx growled, his tail swishing back and forth. Beppy tucked a small party hat further into his pocket. <laughs> if it was, I certainly wouldn't have expected any of my idiot henchmen to have bought me a present or a birthday card or anything. Oh, man. Lewis and Dwayne looked at each other with confused looks, and Beppy gave a sad sigh. It was then that Oryx realised he had a party horn, not a stogie, in his mouth, and it honked oh. loudly. <laughs> <laughs> Oryx shrugged at Hallgrim and went on. We are here for information. We were hoping you would disclose the identity of who it is that is attempting to destabilise the political situation here on Alima. Beppy's wide, dead smile became even wider as he paced to the wall, where a ceremonial katana was mounted. It looked cheap and tacky, the kind of thing a 15-year-old future crypto bro would think demonstrated cultural respect. <laughs> <laughs> you mean, apart from you and the pillar you're running around with, you mean? At their terrible poker faces, he knew he had them. He pulled the sword off the wall. Yeah, I know all about Raf's little games. Bombing the Senate, getting cosy with the Amrays. Are you guys sure it's not her the one that's destabilising things? Oryx shared another look with Hallgrim, his cybernetic friend's face reflecting his own thoughts back at him. Was it possible? Was Raph using them to cause chaos? To sow discord and somehow take control? Oryx knew that the pillars were devious and cruel when they needed to be, but this, this was against everything they supposedly stood for. A democratic Alima. We're not here for any trouble, Beppy. Oryx, I'll tell you what's going to happen here. You're going to tell me where your little reap bitch friend, your rift-walking kid, and your rogue pillar are, and then I'm going to give them up to the highest bidder, Beppy smiled. Coming here with the we come in peace bit is wasted on me. If you wanted to be friends, why bring a roboticop? Humi looks furious. Are you telling me there is a filthy fascist robot here? <laughs> 
the mechanical man casually rotated his entire torso 180 degrees so his hat so the hands tied to behind his back could be visible then cupped them together to plead with the gangster <laughs> look you have to trust us mr debepi as they say back in the old village where i was born Zero one one zero 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 one 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 zero one zero one one zero one zero 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 one, and I think we can all agree with that. Does that actually translate to something? No, no. That's that old human expression. We all know yeah. that one. Yeah. I, I know that, but Jeff doesn't. Boopy de Beppy drew the sword from its scabbard and took Humi's head clean off in one swipe. It rolled across He'll the floor. Fine. He's human. He'll to stop fine. at Holgrim's knees, where his eyes went dark. You, you killed him. He was telling the truth. You short-ass Napoleon complex, flaccid cannoli'd. Lewis's, <laughs> Lewis's fist struck Holgrim across the mouth to shut him up. You want me to do the Norn or the handbag in waiting next, boss? No, no. Holgrim muttered. I'll, I'll tell you everything. Everything you want to know. Just don't kill me. You filthy Norn traitor, Oryx roared as he jumped to his feet and charged at Holgrim. Dwayne pulled a cattle broad from behind his back and pressed it deep into Oryx's torso until he collapsed. And through fading consciousness, Oryx listened as Debepi gave orders. Put him in the ring. We'll see what the serpent makes of him. <laughs> take, fu- take fuckwit here to my office and bring the robot's head. It'll make a good punch bowl. Put the body in the security office. We'll smelt it over the next few weeks. I don't want the cops to come asking questions. Oryx woke to the sound of a crowd chanting and blinked the severe halogen light away to find he was in a circular deep pit walled by obsidian stone. Becoming suddenly aware of a weight around his neck, he reached up to find a control collar. As Oryx tried to pull at it, it zapped him with a static discharge and made his vision blur. He stood up. Dazed from the attack and, and stared up at the ring of seats surrounding him, each one filled with a person shouting. They screamed, serpent, serpent, serpent at him, brandishing their fists. Actually, my splicer classification is crocodilidae. It is a most common misconception, especially as our particular clan of splicers were the only reptilian colony before we were wiped out. Or- <laughs> fucking dork Oryx polished his glasses as he tried to educate the crowd you, you notice the conical teeth and thicker scales I was cursed with but serpent splicers tend to still have their hands and feet but thinner hides and fangs serpent, serpent serpent the crowd brayed one man had a sign that said serpent crew but with the word crew spelled C-R-U Oryx was more horrified by the misspelling than the danger he suddenly realised he was in. He was serpent. a mu- I really thought you were going to have a side that said Serpent 316. <laughs> he was a mutant crocodile, but he still had standards after all. Serpent, 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 they chanted. A metallic creak sounded behind Oryx, and as he turned to locate the source of the noise, he found a large portcullis opening behind him. And now, a voice came over the public address system for our main event of the evening. It's scale versus scale here at the Snake Lounge. In our pit, we have the Splicer Crocodile Oryx, the thriller soon to be a Manila handbag. Oh my god. (laughs) 
The croc will soon have a cleaned clock. The mean green <laughs> death rolling machine against our champion contender, the venomous victor, the slippery scrapper, the python of pain. Put your hands together, Fangang, for the velvet viper, Valis. A splicer stepped out from behind the metal structure, part woman, part snake, with glazed dead eyes that both looked at and passed Oryx. The snake woman wore an electric collar, uh, electric control collar similar to the one Oryx wore, worn for so long that the shredded flesh underneath had grown around it. She oh also no, had a scar. Please don't sit on my face. <laughs> <laughs> she also had a scar that ran from eye to mid neck, a scar that Oryx could never have forgotten. Sister, he whispered, hope, hoping Valis could hear him. Listen, I'm telling you, mate. You've got to sweeten the deal a little for me. I don't drop trousers on the first date, Holgrim said, <laughs> through a mouth of blood that drooled from his slackened jaw. Lewis punched him again. Shut up, Holgrim. I don't want to have to tug your machine parts out and get the info that way. Holgrim <laughs> sat out and sat up and smiled. I've got some choice parts you can tug on, you prat. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> got him! Boopy DeBeppi stood on the far side of his office and watched the proceedings from afar. It really does make me laugh that every time I say his name, you guys laugh. <laughs> it's the stupidest name. This is one of the best names you've ever come up with. They hadn't asked Holgrim a single question yet, and he knew that this was Beppi's way of interrogating his victims. It had worked throughout his career, and he wasn't changing his style for anyone. Just download the info and shove him on the scrap pile. I haven't got time for this. I'll be in my hot tub, sweating out all this gabagool. <laughs> who knew Who knew processed cured meats were bad for you? Yeah, but gabagool is so good. <laughs> he sauntered Elf out of his office, leaving Lewis and Dwayne to argue over who was going to extract what parts of Holgrim, before noticing that their cyborg prisoner was smiling. What machine man grinning at? Dwayne asked. Holgrim gestured over to Beppy's desk, where Humi's head was currently upside down and full of pistachio nuts. <laughs> because you fellas were stupid enough to think knocking my friend's head off would kill him. The Windows start-up noise sounded from Humi's head, <laughs> which then sprouted large metal tentacles that turned him upside down and deposited pistachios all over the black tiled floor. <laughs> Did I do that? He said. I confirm I did and assume responsibility. <laughs> Classic catchphrase. <laughs> Dwayne charged at the decapitated Humi before slipping on a bunch of pistachios and fell f- falling forward, cracking his head open on Beppy's desk and instantly dying. <laughs> fucking idiot. Humor mode activated. That guy is a shell of his former self. <laughs> <laughs> Lewis definitely activated humour mode right then. (laughs) Lewis cried in fury and blinked his tears away. Dwayne, Dwayne, my love. He charged at Humi, who held his hands up. Wow, what a nutso reaction, Humi said as he held (laughs) his pointed metal telescopic (laughs) arms. Metal telescopic arms up. Lewis ran straight into the arms, impaling himself on the pointed ends and joining his love in an ignominious end. Wow, that guy, humor mode error, was stuck with these titanium arms and had his organs pierced until he was dead. (laughs) Rule of three, Humi. Funny, huh? 
Humey said as Lewis slowly slipped down the arms, leaving dark red blood dripping from the metal. <laughs> Hallgrim's face was one of utter horror at the unrepentant barbarism. Yeah, mate, really, really funny. Now, please untie me so we, I can vomit and when we can get out of here. <laughs> Humey propped his head up on front, in front of Beppy's computer and started tapping away with his robotic, blood-soaked metal props. One second, my friend. Let me see if our gangster's security is as loose as that terrible toupee he wears. Ha, ha, ha. This guy's a killer. man is wearing a toupee. Yep, yep. All right, poopy de beppy rules. (laughs) Humanoid blood does glow in this light, doesn't it? Inappropriate urge to kill filed under repression file. (laughs) (laughs) If only it were that easy. (laughs) Oryx ducked as Vallis lunged, fangs out in attack. The snake woman smashed into the stone, taking chunks from the wall as she did. Oryx had barely turned before she was on him again, thin fingers wrapped around his neck. Vallis, he gasped. Sister, steal your gaze. I appreciate that we haven't been in each other's company since the purge, but you must recognise your own kin. His words dashed against the vague, clouded eyes in his sister's face, her expression one of nothing but blind fury. She buried her fangs into Oryx's arm and he howled in pain, backhanding her across the stone floor. The crowd surrounding the pit bellowed in appreciation, the chants of Serpent growing louder as the fight went on. Velis twisted on the spot and swung her tail at Oryx, who caught it and yanked her towards him. He held his arm arm aloft and clotheslined her so hard she bounced off the stone floor. (laughs) He had hoped a solid hit would rouse her, but she shook her head and reared as if attending to run at him again. The last time Oryx had seen his other splicers, his sister, his parents, was back on the colony before the bombs were dropped. Twenty years before, the pillars had been sent to the rim after the splicers refused to fight against the reap. It was not their war, not after the way the Velateans had so cruelly treated them, had outlawed their very existence. But when the pillars arrived at the head of an invasion force, the splicers intended to fight. But the pillars did not, did not so much as set one boot on soil, and instead bombed from orbit to destroy everything and everything, everything and everyone he had ever known and loved. Looking at his sister, realising that she had been here all these years, fighting until she had been driven slowly mad by the shock, collar and trauma, Oryx felt empty. He should have tried to find her more diligently, searched every planet and moon, but he had assumed them all dead. Velis hacked and slashed at Oryx, bubbles forming in her mouth, and those dead eyes staring at him in vacant anger. Oryx took every hit and cut, every scratch and graze, and with it his eye erased at the predicament of his people, the sheer injustice of it, the unfairness. He wanted to rip the world in two. Then the lights went out, and everyone screamed. Will you either reattach your head or get out of the bloody way, Horgrim shouted, (laughs) elbowing Humey's metallic body as he tried to tap into the snake lounge's security systems. Humi's body responded by walking into a filing cabinet and tripping, sending him flying to the floor. <laughs> Sorry, friend Hallgrim, I am having that usual unusual. Uh, I'm having that usual humanoid problem of missing head syndrome. <laughs> We've hum- all been there. <laughs> yeah, Humi's head. <laughs> Humi's head next to Hallgrim looked from side to side, hoping that Hallgrim wouldn't ask too many questions. Have you ever experienced this issue? 
uh, um, oh yeah, my head used to go missing all the time, mate. Used to find it down the track, having a flutter on the horses, Holgrim said. <laughs> <laughs> Not wanting to confront Holgrim in a confined space about his identity issues. <laughs> Anxiety mode disabled, Hubie said as his head crawled over to his body and slipped back onto his shoulders. Now I just need to hope I do not get a crick in my neck. <laughs> Holgrim stared ahead. Y- yeah, sure. On-, on an entirely unrelated matter, I'm just going to turn off the entire electrical grid so we don't have to be here anymore. With a-, <laughs> with a push of a button, the lights went out in the entire building and Holgrim grabbed at Hume's arm in the dark before standing up. Would you mind guiding me back to Oryx? He's in the main hall on the ground floor. A good idea but is your completely normal humanoid night vision mode not functioning? (laughs) (laughs) Humi inquired innocently. Uh, It must be offline, mate, along with my fear repression and anti-dread over a fucked-up killing machine software. (laughs) Holgrim gritted his teeth as they walked out of the security office. Wow, you did get all the upgrades where you were born, huh? Humi whistled. (laughs) Talk about... (laughs) Talk about programmed with a silver spoon. They moved up to the ground floor and up out into the main hall gingerly. The panicked screams of the crowd were echoing but growing distant. The sounds of muff- muffled struggling could be heard on the other side of the room, and Humi stopped unexpectedly. Oryx, Oryx, are you there, mate? The plan worked. We're good to go. Holgrim called into the dark. Not yet. We're. <clears throat> not Oryx growled before a large cracking could be heard as the emergency lighting flicked on a bloody Holgrim sat on the floor uh, a bloody Oryx sat on the floor a dead snake splicer across his lap <gasps> he, he pushed the body off slowly and hung his head oh as Holgrim God. as Holgrim and Hume approached you you okay buddy Holgrim asked Oryx looked up a glazed look on his face whilst Hume removed the co- control collar from his friend he let it clutter to the floor and then placed the body gently alongside it. Who was she? Humi asked, putting a hand onto his friend's shoulder. A victim of Boopy de Beppy, Oryx growled. Well, we're, we're going to have to wait to avenge her, mate. The fucker bogged off the moment the lights went out, Holgrim sneered. I can't detect him anywhere in the vicinity. Regrettable, but Karma will catch up with the spaghetti strangler soon enough. <laughs> Humi extended his forearm and sent it up to the edge of the pit. Oryx grabbed it and started to climb it. D- does he still think he's a human? <laughs> <laughs> Don't, mate. Don't. I'm going to be in therapy for weeks, Holgrim muttered. <laughs> the three of them climbed to the top of the walled pit. Uh, so, are we... Uh, so, are we any clearer regarding the would-be assassins of the Amrays? Humi nodded. All I will say is that we need to get to Raf now, he said as he walked away. Um, what, why? Can't, can't you tell us now, Holgrim muttered. Yeah. We, we exist in real time. It's not like we have to end on a cliffhanger. <laughs> the end. <laughs> Brilliant. My God, Rich. That you were worried so about nothing. Good. Oh, good. I'm glad. So good. I'm glad. Oh, I did. Man. I did build this to the Discord as Hall Grim, Oryx, and Humi go on a bit of a road trip <laughs> to the strip club. <laughs> Technically <Yeah>. true. <laughs> the strip uh, slash fight club. Yep. Yep. Oh, why do or- or- Oryx it's- is growing into my favorite character? Yeah. yeah, he's great. He's the new like he's becoming fast the new Grissom. 
Yeah. Um, in a way. In a He's way. Smart Grissom. Yeah. He's smart Grissom. Smart Grissom. So, Smissom. Yeah. He's uh He's got some secrets, but we'll catch up with that eventually. If you kill Humi, I'll fucking kill you. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. Fucking right. Jason Grace joined us all. Fucking... <laughs> <laughs> I'll get my fucking passport out of the safe and I'll fucking fly to London <laughs> and I'll ask around and I'll find out where you really live. I think it's like Plymouth or some shit. I do, I do. Oh my god, he knows. You're fucking that. done, dude. <laughs> I'll go I... through Sherwood Forest, I'll pay the fucking toll. <laughs> I haven't killed a single main character yet. It's like six That's episodes why... in, right? That's why I know you're itching. I Like, you're like He's a fucking fiending. like... Yeah, you're like a fucking like... Uh, you're like a sociopath. You're like you just like wait. Till, you like wait till we fucking are like, oh, I love Humi or I love Oryx, and you're like, oh yeah, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, you don't love him enough yet. Oh sorry. man, yeah, I should have. I shouldn't have told him I like yeah, that character. You have yeah. to keep that close to the vest, man. You can't yeah. tell him that shit. Yeah, I hate him. I hate Oryx. I hate everyone no. in this story. My, my favorite character so far is Boopy Debeppy. He <laughs> mm, got away again. I, I just picture, like, a shark version of, like, Jason Alexander. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's like... what he is. He's like a short dude. He must. He yeah. looks like Oswald Cobblepot, but a shark. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, like, like when, when uh, uh, what's his name? When, uh, what's his fucking Holmgren? name? Seinfeld. Uh, oh, uh, Newman? No, Jason Alexander. What the fuck is oh, George. Right. George. Yeah, yeah, but George, George. Is, wears the toupee for, like, two like, <laughs> episodes or whatever. That's him. For some reason, yeah. I pictured the guy who was Mr. Uh, Incredible's boss when he worked at the insurance agency. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Any small guy who thinks he's powerful is Boopy yeah. DePepe. Yep. <laughs> Boopy DePepe. <laughs> the spaghetti strangler. I hope he gets strangled with spaghetti. Yep. Oh, that That'll would be, be poetic. Fun. How al dente is the spaghetti that you real strangle somebody? It's got to be real. <laughs> al dente enough that it can strangle someone, but not so hard that it will be brittle and snap. It's fresh. It must be fresh pasta. What if he made like a rope out of the al dente oh, pasta? Oh, that would work. Oh, yeah. okay. I see. I see. You know? Yeah, like a platter. We're not rope. trying to give instructions or anything, <laughs> yeah. but. I read this, how to do this in the uh, Italian anarchist cookbook. <laughs> how to make a pizza bomb. Stab someone like- with an ice knife because then it will melt. A lot, a lot of tomatoes necessary in those recipes for some reason. <laughs> the garden's uh, right. going to be empty. I am very glad you liked it. I uh, loved it. We are going to take a break now and come back for our final story uh, from Mr. Josh Henderson. Oh, shit. (laughs) We'll be back in a few minutes. Better write my story. seasoned veteran of Story Lords, you know that traditionally the third part is the best part of the show. Um, 
So, uh, and Josh has assured us that this is the best story he's ever written. It's a story. He said, Jeff, Rich, your stories were dog shit. Let me yeah. show you how it's done, is yeah. what he said. And yeah, then guitars were sounding while he was saying it, and uh, yeah. a, an America, uh, some jets went overhead, and the American Always. flag was flying behind them in the jet what is this? What is this, Omega 4? Is this the Omega <laughs> Glory? <laughs> <laughs> America, <laughs> fuck yeah! <laughs> I laughed at that movie for the first time in twenty years the other day. <laughs> I don't think I've seen it since it came out. It's uh, uh it's still funny. I think. Yeah. I, I, it, like you, you'd be like, oh man, like this is not appropriate. But I, I laughed at it. Yeah. And I was like, all right, that's yeah. that's pretty funny. <laughs> I think anyway. it's the best endorsement it's gonna get. <laughs> Put that on the back of the Blu-ray case. Yep. <laughs> uh, with that, Jeff, uh, Josh, tell a story. Other Jeff, uh, tell other story. Jeff. <laughs> My story of serpents and cards is called "Drag Me to Heck." <laughs> How dare you use that kind of language on this podcast? <laughs> this is a family podcast, sir. You fucking idiot! This is a Christian podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Shit! Ouch! My neck! Ah! Shit! Fuck me! Fucking! Ah! Fuck! Shit! Ah, That dude turned 37. Shit! (laughs) Screamed Seth the Serpent as he fell into a magical (laughs) portal like the one in Stargate. The movie, not the show. Not that I have anything against the show, but I haven't seen it. I know. Get off my dick about it, alright? I'll get around to it. Jesus! Good show. It is good. He had been falling what he had been falling for what felt like eight years. <laughs> and if it was and it was and it was as if he himself didn't know himself anymore. He felt soulless and empty. Almost like he wasn't what he used to be. Or like, let's say, he had been fired from life. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly with a thump, he found himself inside of a casino. <laughs> uh, oh. Welcome, welcome, newcomer, a booming voice, dripping with sex and confidence, shouted over the crowd of gamblers. What? Why the fuck is this shit? Seth asked, slithering up to his feet. Like, you know, when, like, cobras do that thing where they rear up. Is that Mm -hmm. feet? It's feet now. (laughs) Seth looked around and saw any number of uncomely and rancid-dicked ne'er-do-wellers. There was an orc barbarian who had half a turkey sticking out of his throat. There was a gnome who was smashed up real flat, and when he smiled, had piano keys for teeth. There was a, That's there my was favorite guy. guy. <laughs> there was even a guy who was just legs walking around. Wait, no. There's his other half. It's by the bar. He's drinking somehow. Where's the drink going? Anyway. <laughs> Seth looked up to where that sexy, dick-hardening voice had come from earlier to see a golden goddess sitting on a crystal red throne. In her hand was a staff, and by her side were like 50 hot nude people just being benches and fanboys and some more bench guys. A lot of them were just benches. <laughs> <laughs> she wore a golden armored bikini that showed just the right amount of underboob. Her gray-white skin sparkled like she was the main attraction at the club on Tuesday night. 
Her lips were blood red and her eyes were as dark as her long raven hair. She sneered and nodded politely. I am Queen Axwound, the hot dame said with power. At this, the entire casino shouted, Hail Axwound! And Seth jumped with a startle. Welcome to heck, she yelled and laughed like the crazy ex who just saw you get your dick punched by a dude at the bar who you thought was your friend Sean, but he was not your friend Sean. This is so specific. (laughs) I don't mean to criticize your hotness, but don't you mean hell? Seth asked, trying to sound innocently ignorant. Pish posh, Axe Wound responded. She rose up out of her throne and floated over the casino floor where Seth was standing? Yeah, standing. <laughs> the crowd of patrons <laughs> instinctively moved out of their way out of her way uh, as her dainty sized six horned heels gently touched the carpet <laughs> carpet. There's some for the feet people. This is for sure not H-E double toothpicks, X Wound said as she gently placed her arm on Seth's shoulder. You know, his shoulder area. <laughs> Tell me, Snake Man, what do you remember before this, she queried. Ah, uh, Seth thought hard, rubbing his chin with his tail tip. Nothing. I mean, I think I died, but I don't even really remember my name. It's as if my history has been forgotten, like that... The author of my life wrote me eight years ago and totally <laughs> forgot the details of my life. Like I was just like I was just some throwaway character in a short story for the amusement of the lords above. I don't even remember my name. If only we had a wiki, Seth finished while looking at the camera. <laughs> exactly, Axoon said, now moving them over to an empty table. And that is why. The great liberator of inhibitions, queen of necromanciers, Axwood, have brought you to my new realm. Heck, it's not as bad as hell, and there are literally zero downsides to being here. There's a party all the time. With that, the patrons again, as if on cue, shouted, Hell, Axwood! <laughs> Tell me, Snake Band, do you ever dream of being more Axwood probed? I once had a dream I had arms and legs and was running away from somebody, but I couldn't run fast enough, so I started using my arms to pull myself along while running, but even that wasn't fast enough, <laughs> Seth said. <laughs> Do you guys ever have that dream? I have that dream a lot. No. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. We'll unpack that later. <laughs> Not at all what I meant, Axmoon snapped her fingers and pointed at the table. Instantly, a set of tarot cards appeared in a crystal ball. Oh, God, a tarot reading. This really is hell, Seth said. (laughs) This is just an illusion uh, to make you more comfortable with the amount of probing I'm going to be doing. Think of it as a metaphor for me rummaging around in your brain and pulling things out without getting, like, brain juice and blork all over my nice table. (laughs) Axoon sat down at at the one side of the table. Sit, sit, she said, patting the tabletop. Seth sat down as his little snake body coiled around itself. Axwoon cracked her knuckles and feigned concentration as she pulled the first card. Ooh, the death card, she says, holding up a card with a rat with a gun pointed outward on the table. <laughs> so I am dead, Seth said in a combination of panic and acceptance. Not necessarily, Axwoon said. It's more of a transition card, like a rebirth. With that, she drew another card. 
Ah, the horny halfling card. <laughs> Holding up a card with a little guy using a glory hole in an outhouse. <laughs> Again, a rebirth is in your future. Wait, how is that? Shh, 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 shh. <laughs> Drawing another card. Ooh, the rebirth card she held out. <laughs> with a snake eating its own tail, winking. Let me guess. Another transition or rebirth, <laughs> Seth said. No, no, this card this is, is actually dead. really, really bad. It means you're probably going to die a very painful and meaninglessly and meaningless death, probably sucking your own tail off like the little nasty <laughs> horoboros that you are. Whoa! <laughs> we need uh, someone to make a set of uh, Story Lord's tarot cards. <laughs> I went full kitchen sink. There's so many cards in this. <laughs> I didn't princesses and disasters this one at all. Axoon <laughs> finished placing down the cards. But, she went on, that brings us as to why you're here today. I have a proposition for you. Do I have a choice? <laughs> Seth asked, wincing, ready for the queen to smite him. <laughs> she cackled. Of course you do. This isn't hell. I told you. In this realm, everyone is free to be themselves and do what they wish. There is literally no downside to being here. <laughs> so why did you bring me here, Seth asked. As a former villain of the realm of Daranos, I am empowered to pull you all together and have a sort of tryout for my new crew of evil minions. As such, <laughs> you will win. As such, if you win, you will be given new powers. <laughs> Full use of Hex in-house gym, a really sweet stock portfolio option, health insurance, Thong Thursdays, Pizza Fridays, Mutilation Mondays, as well as your own <laughs> company boner cycle. How does that sound? Seth said perplexed, as he had never been given a real job before, and this queen was really laying it on thing thick. There had to be a catch. There has to be a catch, he said suspiciously. <laughs> Ask a question about Mutilation Mondays, please. Yeah, I agree with the Typical Monday here, you know what I mean? I'm also a, a little bit of like an understated joke that Josh does a lot that never fails to make me laugh is uh, narration and then the character just repeating yep. the narration. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right into that. Yep. It kills me every it's time. It's good writing. It's just good writing. <laughs> There has to be a catch, he said, finally. Like I said, there is no downside. If you don't win, you are free to chill out here and play the games and have all the weird sex you want until I call upon you to be cannon father for the forthcoming revolution and be spawned in my greater schemes to rule Dar and destroy Daranos. She finished quietly under her breath. <laughs> and very quickly. Like a radio ad. Yep. Like, yep. Yep. <laughs> Look. What were you going to do prior to this, she asked, standing up again and putting an arm around Seth's shoulder area. You were probably doing some stupid shit in a cave or something, and some adventurer killed you because you were trying to trick them and something <laughs> dumb, am I right? That sounds vaguely familiar, yes, <laughs> said thinking hard. Are if you only asking us? that wiki. <laughs> if only had that wiki. <laughs> so you're in, Axe ass, looking down into Seth's eyes. With a sigh, he finally relented. I guess, I mean, what do I have to lose, right? That's my snake boy, Axe Wound said as she snapped her fingers. Suddenly, the entire casino went dark. 
with only a white-hot spotlight lighting up the middle of the darkened room. In the center was a poker table with three other gladiators, where, where three other gladiators were seated. It was as if suddenly Seth fell asleep watching Comedy Central and then woke up in the middle of the night and for some reason they were playing a poker competition? <laughs> at, least he didn't fall, at least he didn't fall asleep to the DVD menu and have to listen to the menu screen over and over and over again. <laughs> what, why, why poker, Seth? questioned as Axwin floated over to the dealer spot, suddenly wearing one of those little green visors and those little fluffy garter things on her arm. <laughs> Poker is the ultimate douche game, she said matter-of-factly. Only a true villain can win using his brains and cunning. Plus, every idiot in the realm thinks they're good at poker. <laughs> you get a bunch of bros together and bring up poker, and I guarantee every single one of them thinks they can beat one another. So in that way, nobody thinks they're being cheated. Plus, if you... <laughs> Plus, if I had you fight with swords or magic, I'm pretty sure you'd last about as long as you would as if you could suck your own tail, you naughty little tail-sucking O-face <laughs> fitty in you. My God, this is some of the best wordplay you've ever read. <laughs> uh, I also, I am all? good at poker. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone thinks they're good at it. It's true. I'm not, actually. I'm not. <laughs> I don't, the thing don't is, like, you it. can be good at it, right? But like, then the next time you play, you're not. Right? Yeah, it's, it's all, not. A, yeah. It's not. I'm, a skill. I'm good at it if the cards give me good cards. <laughs> yeah, if you get the uh, the you know, horny gnome card. Y- you know what? We're all better at it than uh, Kim Kardashian, who wore mirrored sunglasses to that poker oh, tournament. Oh yeah, that oh I forgot God. about that. Yeah, yeah. I don't know anything that happens to that one. Uh, I only know I someone told once. me. I saw her. I, I saw some things happen to her in a video once. She broke uh, the internet that, that part. Was that the the video the music video with Ray J? Yeah, it was a music video. <laughs> MTV it played it once. I downloaded it off of LimeWire. Oh God! Ah, uh, how am I supposed to hold the card? Seth asked, waving his tail. Don't worry about it, ladies and gentlemen, and beings wow. of unimaginable horror. Axfood shouted as an all-talk stone lowered down from the ceiling on a cable. <laughs> Please welcome our contestants for this edition of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Oh, God. It's a bad podcast. <laughs> crowd roared in applause and cheered, unlike the two idiots I'm doing the podcast with. Seth squinted to see through the hot lights to the crowd, but couldn't see a thing. Our first contestant from Parts Unknown, weighing 69 stone, please welcome Tog! With Tog, this, a bright Tog. spotlight shone on a gigantic shirtless orc. His muscles were so huge, he made Hulk Hogan look like Hogan's heroes. <laughs> <laughs> Finger on the pulse. <laughs> I wrote that and I was like, this is really bad. No, it. no, it's not. It's all good. <laughs> and both nipples he had piercings with the skull of his enemies he had slaughtered. His one eye was gouged out and in its place was another skull of an energy that an, an, an enemy that he flew. And that he slew. Jesus Christ. His top knot was held up. Hi, with a scrunchie made of, you guessed it, the skulls of enemies. 
Give Tog card, he shouted as he smashed his monstrous meat hook down on the table. Up next, from the Far East, weighing 190 freedom units, we have Sanji Musashi, famed swordmaster and notorious warrior. The crowd again went nuts. Hello, I am Sanji. I am ready to play cards. I am speaking in a normal voice with no affectation, since though we are in heck, it does not mean we have to resort to such problematic impersonations. <laughs> excellent. Excellent uh, uh, safeguarding of the podcast, Josh. <laughs> Woo! Somebody's not getting fired. <laughs> Somebody's learning. <laughs> Woo! Shouted one person from the crowd. Next, uh, we have the terror of the southern re- regions. The most racist man ever to live oh, in Darius. Honky Tonk Tom. The crowd <laughs> went nuts with this one. This guy was the clear favorite. Yee-haw! <laughs> said a man wearing a... He said, said the, he said the gun sounds. Yep. <laughs> A man wearing an over-the-top Elvis-like outfit on his head was a cowboy hat with a Paladin Lives Matter bumper sticker on it. Uh, some oh my sticker god! On it. It's for like some I'm at a reason, fucking family reunion. If that, for some reason, is it as if that's something people did normally? Doesn't he know that APAB? Yeah, all, all paladins, man. All paladins. He doesn't know. What is that in uh, the numbers? I, I don't know what le- number P is. Oh, I have no idea. We'll figure it out later. <laughs> No, no, he won't. <laughs> he was chawing on a massive wad of chewing tobacco and spit out a large, greasy wad of blork. It made a ting sound as it hit the ground. Hey, y'all, want to know who really did Stein 11? Honka Tonk Tom asked. As the crowd quieted, he grabbed the all-talk stone from Max Wound, leaned in, and in a hushed voice said, Orc Bomber. <laughs> Orcs, fucking orc bomb. With this, the crowd went nuts. They loved this racist fuck. Seth felt unease wash over him. And finally, our last contestant, a snake man who I literally just met 20 minutes ago, weighing like three grams. It's Seth the Snake Man, Axwood said Yay. to the absolute silence of the crowd. <laughs> Only one person let out an awkward cough before another person let out a firm boo. I can't believe you did announcer jokes as well as me. It's that hive brain thing again. Yeah, similar. And uh, I read that already. Axford used her (laughs) magic to shuffle the deck of cards as a naked slave man got on all fours and became, you guessed it, a bench for her her to sit on. Fuck. With with ease. With ease, she threw out uh, cards to each player as each player turned, uh, picked up their cards and looked at them, making sure to keep them secret and keep them safe. <laughs> oh, very good. <laughs> Seth looked con- looked around confused until Axworn got his attention with a subtle psst. She deftly pointed downward to indicate he should use his tail. As Seth moved his tail, as Seth moved his tail, he saw it was covered in scotch tape. He looked at Axwoon thankfully as she gave him a smile and a wink. Give better cards, Tog <laughs> shouted as he slammed down his cards. Now, Toggy, you can either start betting or you can fold, Axwoon said gently. Give better cards, Tog <laughs> shouted again. 
then crossed his bulky, massive python arms like a child and pounded as and pouted as he quietly began to cry. Oh. Okay, so Todd folds. You're not, you're next, Seth. Excellent directed. Uh, taped to Seth's tail were two cards that Seth was pretty sure weren't real cards, uh, but he had, but he had never heard of or played this game. The Seven of Blue Moons and the Two of Disappointments. <laughs> he thought to himself, "I bet five, He said as he pushed a golden chip into the center of the table. Honky Tonk Tom was next. He quietly studied his cards and licked his tobacco slicked lips deviously uh. as he side eyed everyone else. Y'all want to know what really happened at Jim Gazi? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> he said quietly with a sneer. Hillary Clinton and her husband Bilbo Clinton were in on the whole thing. But the goddamn literal Medea goes to jail doesn't want you to know about it. He said completely out of nowhere. That's fucking genius. It's very good. Wait. Oh, I'm getting a note from my editor. Hillary isn't really a thing real racists call Hillary Clinton? That's that's a real thing, huh? Well, can we still go with Bilbo Clinton? Yeah, I think I think that'll kill. Okay, good. <laughs> what a com- <laughs> what a completely rational and not at all insane thing to bring up out of nowhere for no reason, Sanji said, <laughs> at his foe totally out of po- at his foes totally out of pocket rambling. Oh yeah, Tom said confrontationally. Where were you on January 69th? He said <laughs> as he jabbed a finger into Sanji's armor. Work. I was at work, Sanji said calmly. <laughs> <laughs> Call, Tom said as he pushed in a chip. Sanji also called as he pushed his own chip in. Effortlessly, Aksun drew four more cards. The two of parental shame, the king of queens, <laughs> the two of perfect strangers, and the ace of base. Ace of base. Aksun said, hmm, interesting. After another round of bets, Aksun drew the final card. The king of wishful thinking. Oh my god. This is a great deck. <laughs> Each player allowed laid down their own hands. Seth wins with a full house, Axwood shouted. Boo said the one guy from the audience. <laughs> and with that, two of our contestants with the worst hands are out. Sanji, Todd, it was nice knowing you, Axwood said as she pointed to each. Suddenly, Tog began to choke and froth at the mouth. Deep within his muscular uh, body, his massive bones began to crack and splinter as vomit and froth spewed from his mouth and out of his nose, like when people do that thing with Coke and, moment- and mementos. Mentos. Mementos. That's just what they're called. That's what they're called here, yeah. It's canon. <laughs> The froth soon turned red and viscous as every organ in his body was now being vomited up one by one in the most excruciatingly painful death anyone has ever seen. Uh When he vomited up his own large intestine, the blood turned a dark brown because now he too was vomiting up his own shit. Everyone in the audience roared with laughter and cheered <laughs> at this display of sheer maniacal sadism as Axwoon did that head wobble thing that Bill Cosby used to do. <laughs> 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 oh man, 
man. This was a true this was true nightmare fuel, Seth thought, as he leaned away from the spray of blood, guts, and feces that now covered the poker table and all the chips and cards. But this wasn't the end. Next, Sanji began to pull out his collar. Is it hot in here or just me? He said innocently, <laughs> as literal steam began to whistle like a kettle from his metallic samurai armor. Axwoon gave a fake sarcastic frown as she looked over to him. As his eyes met hers, everything went blurry as his eyes themselves began to melt out of his skull. He screamed in agony as his armor glowed red hot as it began to be cooked alive inside of his own armor. The smell of burning hair and pork filled the room (laughs) as Seth even had to admit it smelled pretty good. His senses were again brought back to reality as he saw a man literally being cooked alive in his seat. Sanji's skin melted off of his face like hot cheese off of a pizza box lid. He went to grab his katana to end his own life, but as he gripped the handle, his forearm bone snapped off in place, leaving his hand still gripping the weapon. He instinctively tried to... He instinctively tried to look at his own hand, only to remember his eyes were now a sticky gelatin on the floor. And with that, both men disappeared. What the actual fuck was that? (laughs) Seth screamed. Fair. Fair. Oh, don't be so dramatic. They're fine, Axwood said, pointing over to the bar. Hi, Sanji said. (laughs) (laughs) We have drink, Tonks Tonks said as he pointed to his drink, his little umbrella. (laughs) That just leaves racist Tom and Seth, Axwood said as she shuffled more cards, till uh, still covered in the horrors of what just happened. Pieces of tog sprayed and slorped around as they hit Axwood's face. She shuffled away, ignoring the horror. Honky Tonk Tom again spat out a wad of spittle again, and a ting sound followed. How are you even making that sound, Seth questioned. <laughs> the whole world's my spittoon, boy, he said, oh hiding up the snake man. Say, you a snake feller, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, obviously, Seth replied. Never did like them snake fellers, Tom said, giving him a side eye. I say we build a slightly inconvenient three-foot-tall wall on the borders <laughs> to keep y'all out. Jesus Slithering Christ. around on our ground without paying no dirt taxes, using up all our sunlight to keep your cold blood warm, having no legs, long body, green skin, should have made boots out of you, but the goddamn liberal Medea's half, big happy family won't, <laughs> won't blame the real problems on all the snakes. Tom went on as Axwoon had already given out the cards. I say we put y'all in a poster tube and ship you back to the sand land where y'all belong. He finally finished. This is wow. <laughs> he is the most racist man in heck. Seth looked at his new cards. The Caribbean Queen and the Jack of Offs. This fucking rolls. Jack of Offs. <laughs> Again, Axu uh, dealt out four cards of her own. The Burger Queen, the Jack of Reachers, Queen Latifah, <laughs> and finally, the Queen's Gambit on Netflix starring Anya Taylor-Joy. <laughs> each, player again, <laughs> each player again called. Axu again drew the final card. 
The Jack, starring Robin Williams, where he plays a child, but he's in a guy's body like a reverse Benjamin Button, but Diane Lane is in it. I'd do terrible things for her to be my mommy for one day. I'd even watch Jack, starring Robin Williams. <laughs> After a brief raise from each player, uh, they lay their cards out. Again, Seth's beginner's luck won, as... Uh, Honky Tonk Tom actually had gotten rid of all of his black cards. Well, because he was nothing if not on brand. <laughs> oh, sorry, Tom, but it looks like Seth is our winner! Axfood shouted. This time, the crowd finally got into it, cheering and yelping. Maybe not for Seth, but for the fact that they were going to witness another disintegration or mauling or acid falling from the ceiling or maybe like a monster was gonna go up Tom's pee hole or something horrific but that never came as Akun simply snapped her long sexy fingers and poof Tom vanished oh all right says that (laughs) (laughs) meanwhile (laughs) in an ordinary room in an ordinary home honky-tonk Tom zooped into being he tried to move his arms and legs but to no avail He was strapped to a chair. On the all-sea ball in front of him was D-SPAN, Daranos' channel for watching boring (laughs) government things. As he focused in, he realized he was watching the Daranosian Senate ratify bill after bill where peoples of color and of different sexualities and sexual preferences got inalienable rights and protections from the government. He watched as the paladins of Daranos were disbanded and replaced with actual professionals who actually help people instead of a, being a militant arm of a rich white autocracy of corpo-fascist capitalist slave drivers. And then, Boo 2, a Medea Halloween, was shown for nonstop <laughs> 69 straight years. <laughs> Fucking incredible. Fuck that guy forever. Yeah. Axoon snapped her fingers again and the casino shtick disappeared completely. <laughs> now all around were people in red robes standing vigil next to a river of blood. Kind of like my wedding, am I right, guys? <laughs> Seth said awkwardly to nobody as again the one guy did that awkward single cough. <laughs> Seth. It is time for you to ascend, Axwoon said as she again was on her crystal throne. Below her on a dais was a table with straps and all kinds of potions and needles and doctor stuff that I hate. (laughs) (laughs) His own personal hack. (laughs) Seth slithered slowly. That's really a little. Oh, that's good. Up to the dais where the red robe minions began to chant in a crazy language that would make your Nana give you one of those little Bibles for Christmas that's only the New Testament. Because that's the only part of that crazy book they seem to enjoy. Yeah. Like, there's cool mm-hmm. stuff in the beginning, too. A dude kills a giant with a rock, and I'm pretty sure Indiana Jones opens up the Ark of the Covenant. <laughs> <laughs> As he slithered up to the table, Axum again gave him a reassuring nod and wink. She had done everything for him these past few hours. He was pretty sure she rigged the game, being as Seth was sure that all those cars were just made up and no game ever uses cars like that. I mean, the Caribbean Queen? That's pretty weak. A <laughs> uh, pretty strong song, actually. <laughs> it's a great song. As Seth strapped in, each needle punctured his scaly skin and each potion began to course through his veins. He felt nausea and power all at once. And finally, he felt immense pain. Crack! Snap! His snake spine cracked apart, splintering into dust inside of him. 
each piece setting itself again as a new limb. The jagged edges of his broken bones pierced his skin like knives, while his spine itself dealt with a fire truck that was driving by. <laughs> so we're just going to have to fucking wait for this. Go get him, boys. That's the sound of getting superpowers. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, where was I? The jagged edges of his broken bones pierced his skin like knives, while his spine itself sawed through his back and extruded out into spikes not seen since the dinosaurs were being tamed by Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Look it up. It's in the New Testament, says my Nana. <laughs> Do your own research. Do your own research. Gemgazi. <laughs> Seth held in agony as the chants from the red robes grew louder and louder. The blood river itself began to boil as the stench of hot metal and iron filled the steamy air. Seth cried out in pain as he looked down to see his tail split in twain and become two rudimentary legs. His legs snapped back and forth, positioning themselves like wolf legs. Claws sprang from his newly formed feet and ripped through his skin, sending more blood into the already blood-soaked humid air. Seth was exhausted, but again, gnarled bones cut through his shoulder area to form two arms, and then he passed out. The table slowly tilted downward as each needle exited his skin with a hiss and pop. Uh, the straps themselves gave way as Seth slid down and sli- slid wet and slimily down the metallic table and was dumped into the boiling blood river. The red robes stopped chanting. Suddenly, as if he was birthed from heck itself, Seth shot up out of the hot blood. He was seven feet tall and had the muscles of a guy who just broke up with his girlfriend and has no, and has to exercise the pain away, but then gets really into it, like obnoxiously into it, and won't ever shut the fuck up about it. <laughs> with a roar, Seth flexed his muscles as the remaining remnants of the straps that once held him down snapped like any time I put on a... I put my totally real giant wiener inside of a regular condom that isn't a magnum. (laughs) Don't look it up. (laughs) The red robes again began to chant as Axwoon twirled a staff and cackled. Seth roared and silenced the crowd. How do you feel, my new minion? Axwood asked gently. More snakes for everyone! Seth shouted oh. as he oh flexed. My God. <laughs> as he flexed an anime flex pose, and then a freeze frame happened. The end. That's that's a killer ending. What? Huh? Is he gonna run for president? I don't know. Can I vote for him? I think so. Man I mean, alive. Holy shit, Josh! I want you to know that. Uh, the reason why I got quiet, like, I laughed really, really, really fucking hard at the shaking her head like Bill Cosby used to do, but <laughs> I had to hold my hand over my mouth and move away from the mic after, because I was still laughing oh, while you, you were the, reading uh, for you a while. Chocolate rain in. <laughs> Dude. Yeah, that made me laugh too, because I was like, this is so fucked up. Like, like, I, I, like I, realized, I realized I'd already laughed longer than everybody else, so I just had to cover my <laughs> mouth and move away. Okay, so here's what happened this week. <laughs> I watched The Mummy, uh, the new one. The oh, mummy. my God, oh, the, the awful one. The Tom Cruise one. Yeah, so and I did, bad. So I went in dry. I, don't, I didn't know who did The Mummy. I didn't know anything about The Mummy, right? I didn't look it up. I just watched it. It's on Netflix. Mm-hmm. 
And the whole fucking movie, I was like, why is Tom Cruise not going with this mummy and being a god? Like, there is literally no downside to anything that happens in this movie. Like, this mummy is hot as shit. My favourite bit of that movie is where we're supposed to believe Tom Cruise... Oh, it's the most unbelievable part as well, that Tom Cruise and the guy from New Girl are the same age. They're the same age, (laughs) and they're friends. (laughs) The guy from New Girl dies in the beginning, and then in the end, Tom Cruise winds up getting god powers anyway. Yep. And he kills the, the hot mummy... To save this blonde chick that he like likes or whatever has known for ten Wait, minutes. Does he become the mummy at the he, end of it? He becomes like Set, the god of death, yeah. and he has power over life and death the whole time. The mummy chick is like, "I'm gonna make you a fucking god." Yeah. Here comes the fire truck, and then she does, and he repays her like that. Yeah, and then he does it anyway, and he like, why couldn't he just do it and then? First of all, the chick wouldn't have died at, at yep. all. Yep, his friend but wouldn't even have if died. Did, if she did, she he just resurrects her because he's fucking God. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. The film is so bad, isn't it? So I was like, what if I just wrote a story where like nothing bad happens to bad guys? Like, what if bad guys are right, guys? <laughs> <laughs> like, what if all the of, bad guys are right? Wait a minute. <laughs> One bad guy is, is wrong in your story. Honky Tonk Tom. Honky oh, Tonk Tom. He is got not, what he deserved. Yeah, yeah. But. he's too bad. He's he's like yeah. He's the J.K. Rowling of that universe. I mean, I looked up Jim Gazi and he's honest. Uh oh. Uh oh, guys. But then the credits rolled in the Mummy, and it was Alex Kurtzman and Roberto mm-hmm. Orki, and I was like, well, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. That explains it. Yeah, it's so bad. I rooted for the mummy think, the I whole movie. I think Orky movie. is his name in Darinos, but I, I do believe it's Orsi <laughs> in the real world. Roberto Orky. <laughs> Ro- Roboto Orky. Give new script. <laughs> he needed it, for sure. Make plot holes disappear. I genuinely think that film is worse than the Alex Kurtzman Robocop. It's that uh... bad. Yeah, I could I could agree with that. Like I I've gone on record saying that if the the new RoboCop movie would have been called Cyborg Policeman, yeah, it would have been wouldn't okay. have tried yeah. to add in nostalgia. It would be yeah. a, a, like it would a be fine. okay yeah. B movie. Yeah, fine. I mean there were parts of this movie, and I thought they were going to do the trickaroo. Like I thought they were going to be like, oh, it's the society of monster hunters that are bad, uh-huh. right? Because yeah. no, that would be guys. cool. Like that would have been cool. Yeah. But instead, it nobody's anything. Everyone's just nothing. Of course, right? Because it's such a it's such a shame those films were shit. Because I would like to see a revival of Universal Monsters. It was yeah, cool, that'd be a cool great. Idea, yeah. Was is he? Wasn't Huge Jackman gonna be in those movies? No, it was. Was uh, he gonna be Russell, Russell Crowe? Crow. Oh. He was gonna be Mister Hyde. Hyde. Yeah. yeah. That sucks. I thought they were gonna bring back uh, Van, Van Helsing. Helsing. Yeah, that would be cool. You know what? I wouldn't have doubted if they had have eventually done it. Because wasn't um, Luke Evans, uh, from that shitty Dracula movie he did, going to be in it as well? Yeah, there's there's Dracula references and all kinds of, you know. Yeah, and then they lined up a Frankenstein, and I can't remember who it was. Who would would do such a thing? Drop a bunch of references to Dracula into their fucking story. (laughs) Who would... What a hack movie. I'd say that that was the best part of those that movie though. Yeah. I was like this mummy chick? Also the mummy chick? Like 
She's like Medusa, where it's like, oh, yeah. Medusa's evil, and it's like, no, Medusa is not evil. Yeah, Medusa yeah. is not evil. All the like the yeah. gods are evil, and yeah. all yeah. the guys who go to her house to kill her are evil. Yeah, yeah, and like, like the whole time the mummy, the the hot chick mummy is like, uh, yeah, I had to like kill my father because he was gonna like fucking mm-hmm. like take my power away and shit. Yep. and I was like, yeah. Yeah, like, do that. That makes, makes sense. sense. Yeah, <laughs> isn't she the same actress who plays uh, the white alien in Star Trek Beyond? The yes. only good, the only yes. good sequel Star Trek film. She is so hot. Yeah, she's great. I was like, I don't even need this chick to be fully restored. And I don't even want to get into what that says about me. Yeah, that's uh, that's between you and the psychiatrist that listen to our show. <laughs> she, I was can, like, she can be half. your mummy any day. <laughs> the mummy, sexy mummy lady. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm no, I'm not kidding. She's like, uh, yeah, she's beautiful. She's beautiful. Oh, okay. Jayla, Jayla was her name. Yeah, I'm, I'm literally looking at. Uh, Party City Halloween sexy mommy costume. That works. <laughs> That's her. That's literally her, Jeff. It's, a, her it's a knock sun a moon, mostly, is who I'm seeing, and I'm not mad about that at all. No, no that one's also, yeah. But there's also a cool... Re- I did like that they referenced the, the real mummy. Like, she hits him the with good the book. Mummy? The, the book that they have in the mummy, you know? Yeah. She hits the guy with it, and I was like, oh, that's yeah. kind of nice. Yeah, it, it's a shame because those films could that whole universe could have been a good thing. But well, now I'm bringing up. back the Universal monsters. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I thought about you, Jeff, and I was like, man, like, like, what if these were like, like good? Like, what if yeah. there is a new Frankenstein coming out, and it's made by Guillermo del Toro? That so would be. That's yeah. I'm be I'm pretty fucking on board for that. Yeah, yeah. that'll be cool. And yeah. Oscar Isaacs is playing. Oh, that's uh, the creature. Uh, he's so great. He's so, so great. I love that man. He's scary when he's playing scary. Yeah, yeah he like can play, he can play intimidating up. so well. He yeah. fucked me up in a fucking Android movie. What is it? Yeah, Ex Machina. Ex Machina. Yeah. 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 That movie, that movie is excellent. Yeah. He's that so intense, will, that whole it, film. It will fuck you up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like if, you, um, if you ever wanted to know what it's actually like to be around a genuinely dangerous yeah. narcissist, yeah. there you go. Yeah. Yep. He's good in everything he's in. Like, even... Yeah. Like, genuinely, X-Men Apocalypse is the giantest turd in yeah. cinema, right? Yeah. But he's good. He did good. his best. He did his he best did his with best. what he had, right? And he's good he's as Poe Dameron. He's yeah. when he's when he's not being like, I'm a big, dumb idiot who didn't yeah. graduate middle school. Yeah. He's good in Star, he's good in, uh, Star Wars... Uh, until the writing happens. Yeah. Until the yeah. movie yeah. happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's what that's what my Oh yeah, I, we're still recording, aren't we? Roughly what my story was. It's a good thing that you guys didn't do what you normally do when we're not recording and just rail against minorities. So <laughs> yeah, I turn into Honky Tonk Tom and I'm like, Goddamn snake men. I put my monocle on and my top hat and I complain about other people having their cultural items and them not being in British museums. You're like, you're like Rachel, if we give up all of our stolen lives. How are we going to afford seven fireplaces? That's true. You know what I learned today that made me think of you, Rich? Is that uh, there's the Marvel Comics character Kazar. Yep. Who is like a... Kevin Plunder. Yeah, he's an English lord named Plunder. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
I'm glad that every time someone learns something colonial, they think of me. <laughs> Isn't that just like the that's what I was born for? for. <laughs> we don't actually know any other English people. Like so. if you didn't, if you hadn't heard of that, I thought of you because I was like, Rich would love this. He would think yeah. it was very funny. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. It's so good. Um, also, yeah. he's a he's an old English lord, but his name's Kevin. Kevin, yeah. <laughs> Kevin, Kevin Cole Plunder. <laughs> From the Lancaster Kevins. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, man. That, do you know what? We have a habit on Story Lords of uh, thinking our episodes are going to be shit and the uh, our stories are going to be shit and it becomes the episode that everyone loves and we're like, what? I, so, I don't. I was thinking about it after I finished my story. I was like, I don't even know anymore. Like, I'm not even gonna. I, I have no idea what anything is. Yeah, I'm just a husk creatively and emotionally, and I have no bearing of what is real and what's not. Well, they're coming to get you. That <laughs> was an ambulance. So, wait. The moment you said that you were a husk, we sent the, the police after you. Because <laughs> we disagree you lie. so vehemently. I just. I, I literally just. I don't know what's good and bad. It's I, no genuinely, well, that, I run into that a lot, right? Where like I'm like, oh man, I love this that this show or this character or this mm. movie or whatever, and then I go online and everybody's like, this movie sucks, yeah. dick. Yeah. This character's the worst in the show. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think if a human being finds anything enjoyable that isn't illegal uh, or damaging to another person. Uh, like it does. <laughs> it doesn't fucking matter if anyone else likes it. I've decided. I've just genuinely decided. I don't even tell people when I like things anymore, unless it's yeah, it's not even worth it. I man. watched Barbie the other day, and it was Great genuinely movie. one of the funniest it. fucking things I've ever yeah. seen. If you, I, I really do highly recommend I, Barbie. What's that movie is, is it hilarious. I, I bought it. I okay. bought it. Um, but I Ryan watched Gosling, it at the movie theater. Ryan Gosling <laughs> is one of the funniest actors. I don't know yeah. how that guy's so talented because he's just so good at everything. He's he does. great. Yeah. He has this sort of um, in Barbie anyway. Like he he has like many different forms of comedy yeah. and other stuff. Like yeah. he's hilarious in the Nice yeah. Guys. Yeah. yeah, he's great in that movie. But, and Lars uh, and the Real Girl as well. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's in, in Barbie, he has this sort of Leslie Nielsen ability yeah. to say lines perfectly straight faced. Yeah. It's awesome. amazing. Hilarious. It's amazing. I mean, the whole cast is good, but he is just something else. He's like a phenomenon in that film. He's so the two good. of them are. I mean, I feel yeah. that way with the uh, what's Margot her name Robbie, too. Yeah. It's like yeah, Margot Robbie is hilarious in yeah. that movie. Yeah. But she's been good in everything she's ever been in as well. Yeah. Yeah. Even like the like first Suicide Squad movie yeah. and stuff. Like she's the only That's good the part of that only movie. good part yeah. of that movie. Yeah. One hundred percent. And in Any... the second one she's like even better. Like yeah. it's just Oh, like, she's amazing in the second but one. But she yeah. kills the dude, like the president, yeah. and she's like, I was looking for red flags. <laughs> this is a big one. Um anyway. Well done, Josh. That was a great episode. That was really good. Thank you. Yeah, I uh, love that story so much. Like yeah, I said, was... that that Bill Cosby bit had me <laughs> rolling laughing long after everybody else stopped paying attention to it. All I'm the... picturing it now. I'm doing it. All the card <laughs> references as well, which just made me laugh all the time. I was like, oh, how yeah. am I going to come up with like all these cards? And then I just was like, oh, songs. I got yeah. it. Yeah. Had, uh, that had me rolling too. It's fucking genius. Well, here comes the fucking fire brigade. Like my town is burning to the ground. Yeah. Apparently, 
What are, what have they are done? You hearing have this? the Phil- have the Phillies won a game or lost no, a game? No, they're out. They're done. <laughs> okay. Oh my fucking god! Yeah, you got the whole fire department. This is coming for you, man. Uh, right, I need to. I haven't done the sensible thing of uh, opening <laughs> the. Oh my god! Jesus, your town really is burning down. I'm just gonna. I'm not even gonna try to edit any of this out. No, don't. There's don't. no point. Well, it's uh, it's either gonna be the lawn brigade out cutting their one inch grass down to half inch grass or it's gonna be cars going by there's no escaping any i live inside of a hot wheels commercial (laughs) (laughs) i hope you knew that i live in uh well my name is pennington because of pennington lawn care uh... (laughs) here in my town we have the labor boys (laughs) they put their signs up every summer and i always want to steal one because it's funny I did steal a political sign in college once. There was a guy who was running for agriculture, uh, whatever the fuck, seat for the for the state, and his name was Harold Teets. Damn. <laughs> he deserves a vote. Yeah. Harry Teets. Harry Teets. Um, his, his, his name was Harold Teets, and we hung the sign it. up in our dorm. That's good. John got arrested in Illinois for stealing a sign that was Zane Street for Zane. Aw, that's sweet. <laughs> worth it <laughs> not getting yeah. not getting a probably like thanks <laughs> there is no faster way to a girl's heart than stealing street signage <laughs> we all know this we all know this that is such a juvenile thing yeah. a representation of love as well right anyway we're gonna close the cover yeah. on this week's episode um, we need to bring out the all C prompt ball, please, Josh. <laughs> Don't stand too close. It's throwing off like no, tons of radiation. Yeah. I, oh, I, God. Why do my balls hurt? <laughs> I've been Cover temporarily blinded. Um, <laughs> so the first prompt is Blood by Surge Skunk. God damn it. Uh oh. <laughs> it happens blood. every time, guys. Uh huh. And the second one is Festivals by Alex, no surname provided. Um, is that the right. nickname you gave him? No, no, that's just, that's just his, it's just as Alex. Um, nice. Right, okay, so. Blood and Festivals. Blood We've and all festivals. been there. Yeah. yeah. That Blood yeah. Fest is great. Seems like Dracula might be coming back next week. Or any of any of Jeff's other creations. Yeah, well, there's blood in every story I've ever written, so there is not about it. People are in your stories; they have blood. There's blood in every story. Every yeah, human being true. is just a blood bag if you think about it with the right kind of mindset. Yeah. I mean, technically, if we had blood and space, we could tell whatever story we wanted. Exactly. Yeah, this is true. We're getting Adams philosophical and- in this episode. <laughs> yeah, atoms and gravity. There you go. Okay, so. If thank you all for listening. Speaking you, of speaking of atoms and gravity, by the way, go check out Pluto on Netflix. <laughs> God damn, that show fucking rules. But I mean, it's based on my favorite manga of all time. It's my favorite anime of all time now. I thought you were so. gonna say based on your favorite planet of all time. Uh, <laughs> favorite f- Disney dog. Yeah, it's it's based on my planet. Uh, my favorite dwarf. Uh, yeah. Stone planet. That's <laughs> not planet. even part of the. Yeah. Fucking nine planets anymore. Why are we? Why do we just like we're gonna find bigger ones in the Oort cloud? Like yeah. just add them. Did you yeah. hear how angry Josh just got? Yeah, <laughs> just I know. Add em. I did. 
I don't think we as humans can take away the classification of a planet after we've given it to it. I think that seems mean. It's stupid. Yeah, everybody did feel like genuinely bad for a big piece of rock out in yeah. space. When they I, took still, it away. I still feel bad about it. Pluto's um, going to get its revenge and we're going to be fucked. Maybe it's on its way right now. You're you're like seventy fifth generation after this is fucked. Yeah, all dead. Thank you for listening. Uh, if you want to be a uh, higher tier of Story Squire, you should head over to Patreon.com/slash/StoryLords, where for as little as five dollars a month, you can join our super cool Discord, which is genuinely super cool. People are really nice on there. They're genuinely nice people. It's re- it's really strange, um, and <laughs> like it's with these fucking freaks being nice. <laughs> I hate it. But you can join the Discord, read our stories, and suggest prompts. If you don't like what Serge Skunk and Alex have suggested, then you need to be a Patreon to beat their ass. <laughs> Damn, with words. With use words. your words. Yeah, yeah, use your words, please. Yeah. For $10, you get access to our other sidecast, redesigned by committee. We've released an episode of that recently. We did it on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles games that we were designing. And we always do this thing where we come with our own ideas and then Frankenstein them together to make a one idea, which is always really good. And I was genuinely sad that this game didn't exist. Yeah, I was too. Um, for $20, you get all that, the PDF of our upcoming book, and create a credit in the book itself. Um, if you want any other info on the show, you can head to storylords.card.co with two R's. Uh, you, we want to also thank Vidizen uh, for the use of his music for our intros and outros. Um, he is just a legend, and we love him, and we'd suck his dick off his body if he'd let us. Um <laughs> You can find information on him at vidizen.card.co. And that's with two R's as well. It would be weird if it wasn't. Uh, I, I, I love you, Greg. <laughs> probably a bit too much. Next, we all love next you week's a bit too much. prompt should be Greg and Simps, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm only um, hard to get, so I hope that's the way in, you know? Yeah. He's only, he's only doing that so he gets more of your love, Greg. <laughs> he's only saying that he's trying to put us know, down heard, in your hearts I don't know I overheard Rich and Josh talking about how Greg isn't so great and I would what? Say that, so. <laughs> shut this fucking show down uh, you can also follow us on Blue Sky um, I can't remember what the link is. Jeff, do you know? Do, do uh, we have uh, a blue yeah. sky? No, we don't yet We've got you've got one for M class and we've got one for I have five uh, two hounds we probably need yeah, to set one we up. We can use one of your codes to make yeah. one. All right, we'll do that. By the time this comes out, you'll you'll be able to follow us on Blue Sky, but you can follow us on yeah. Twitter. No one is calling it X. Um, yeah. Yeah, the the that... problem with Blue Sky is like there's no way to switch between accounts without like signing out, yeah. going back to the main screen, yeah. putting all your info back in, and signing in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. like like we we just lazy. went backwards so far. <laughs> yeah, for yeah. no reason. But you can find us on Twitter as well if you want to. I'm not giving you the the um, handle it's, it's or anything like that. It's at Story Lords Pod. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I didn't even want to do that. It's um, real easy to find. Just, just like, say it, motherfucker. It's go to storylords.card.co, card with two R's, and all of our links are on there. You'll find it. Hmm. He got it. <laughs> 
Um, there, someone sent. Um, I can't remember who it was. Someone sent some Canadian reviews, iTunes reviews, oh, right. to uh, our Gmail. And I can't load up her Gmail because my computer is on the brink of a collapse. Oh and I don't God. want to uh, play this kaplunk game. Macintosh, a computer, is am Jesus I right? Jesus Christ. Mac and botch is more like it. Yeah. Mac and time to get a new fucking real computer. But if... Uh, if I found oh. it. It's Oh, um, great. It was sent to us by Noah Mitty. Oh, yeah. Not and... his brother, Noah MP3. <laughs> wow. The you know we said you, you know we full. said you weren't going to be fired. <laughs> this is uh maybe we don't want reviews. Um Noah Noah says what up boys? Figured I'd send you guys the reviews from the Canadian podcast page. Uh first one here is from Jordy Roll. It's 5 stars, greater than the bestest greatness. Wow. I mean, every wrong. Every goddamn week, I tune in and listen to these three bros spin amazing yarns. They never disappoint. These jerks are responsible for some of the best slap-your-mama-piss-your-pants laughs ever. You owe it to your future great-grandchildren to listen to and cherish this audio gold. <laughs> That's really good. Uh, we got five stars from uh, Verakia. Mm-hmm. Uh, these boys got me smiling from ear to ear. I eagerly await the bi-monthly delivery of these well-crafted stories from your three incredible ho- that your three incredible hosts bring to the table each episode. And let me tell you, these three maestros of comedy conduct a symphony of laughter featuring yourself as lead vocalist. Do yourself a favor and listen in. That's got to be a these pull. These are amazing, play. yo! The no, education okay. system in Canada. Rules. <laughs> uh, we got. Uh, uh, another one here uh, from Dope Hanger sixty nine. It's uh, entitled Hot Dang. It's like my favorite podcast evolved and added two new amazing writers. The unique voices really shine through in each story and have me bust in a gut one moment and then on the edge of my seat the next. Yep. Bravo. Yep. Uh. Yeah, so we got good. a 5.0 in Canada, baby. Yeah, we should move to Canada. They got better stuff than we do. Maybe Sweet. not Rich. He can, he's got it pretty good where he is. Oh, I don't know. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> this country's going to the dogs. So fucking turned on his country so fast. You're welcome uh, for that. I, I have no uh, sense of patriotism at all. I don't either, so okay. you're fine. <laughs> I would happily move to New Zealand or Canada yeah, in a heartbeat, man. So far. The internet guess, in New Zealand sucks, dude. I guess we man, could look up and I, see if we have any reviews uh, from the Americas. Mm. <laughs> from the New World. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, we don't. <laughs> Uh, on that massive anticlimax, if you want to give us a review, go to iTunes and leave a review. It's as simple as that. Go and do it. It's great. It gets uh, us I'll more. I'll read the last one. All right. Uh, I don't know if I've read this on the show or not, so I'll read mm-hmm. it. It's from August, and it's from The Daggers. Oh. The time has come. Finally, a podcast with three stories, two prompts, and infinite laughs. <laughs> Josh guides us back to the bone-crazy land of Darinos. Rich weaves a masterful sci-fi epic that will have you emotionally connected to a sock puppet. 
And Jeff gives us spooky vision. Terrifying tales that'll make you piss from laughter, then piss from fear. Then three from laughter, and three from fear? <laughs> Do yourself a favor and become a loyal subject of the story, Lords. Yeah! P.S. I'm praying for a Cricket Man, Fly Man, and Stoker alternate universe romance crossover. <laughs> that would be I, so good. Like I suppose a... I should become a patron at patreon.com slash storylord <laughs> so I can submit prompts like insect people and romance. It's like the hangover, but they're all bugs. <laughs> uh, we, I, I think we should do uh, uh, one, one day Each do a three-part yeah. story. Well, or a three-part story that shifts into the other worlds. Yeah, we could. Well, the best way to do it, in my opinion, as well, is like to have no segue whatsoever. Uh-huh. Just like, like if I start out, like it's in the normal like spooky vision style world, and then you have to pick it up. Like Josh has to pick Why it up and just make it in Darren's world. Je- uh, Jeff. <laughs> uh, well, Why did you no, say it like that? They don't call it the pain mines in the real world. <laughs> they they tell you it's a job. Oh, they lie to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they lie more in the real world. That's how you can tell. Wow. Less but, like, there's no segue happen. at all. It's just the story is set in Spooky Vision, and then suddenly it's in Darinos. There's no segue That'd whatsoever. Be awesome. That'd be fucking chaos. I love it. <laughs> right. So. Sorry, that, wow, that sounded Rich. like I Rich wasn't interested. <laughs> Who's got the tone now? I was, I was laughing, but then uh, I remembered that people don't like long outros, and I was like, okay, I probably yeah. should wrap this He's up. He's trying to me. wrap it up and be a host. All right. Uh, All right, so, everyone. Mom's home. You know, I'm going to bed straight after we finish recording because I'm exhausted. Yeah, you are. Um, My bed. So... Uh, yeah, as we said, if you want any other info on the show, head over to storylords.card.co. Um, we'll be back in two weeks with tales of blood festivals, or blood and festivals, or festivals and blood, whichever way I decide to write it on the. See you next week, guys. Bye. Give me your blood festivals. <laughs> A rich ghost. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.